Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Good night to make noise coming pages. <laughs> Yeah, I, I try not to do it during the intro. I found there was all these noises were happening when during my intro. What is that? Well, it was me turning pages. So at least I'm going to try and wait till uh, till we get some of the music theme done before I uh, before I get into that. So today is six twenty three twenty three. For those of you that are dyslexic and have problems with numbers like me, uh, so make sure you write them in the right order. Um, anyway, other than that, lots of stuff going on. This is a this is going to be a crazy day because I've invited several people to come on for various reasons. Uh, Scoops Ice Cream, because they're opening up tomorrow at 2 o'clock. One of my previous guests, A.R. Garcia, because she had a post and I forgot what it was. Uh, Who else? Our regular folks, I'm not sure, because it's summertime. And uh, some of like, you know, we'll we'll see if I can make it kind of thing, just because there's so much stuff going on these days. Um, That would be Derek Park, our financial guru. And uh, Cowgirl Candace, our globetrotting horse, (laughs) you know, uh, believe the journey uh, owner, and so it's it's going to be one of those days. I'm not really sure. You know, we'll see what Marco checks in in the Netherlands. Netherlands has done something interesting. I was just watching a, a One American News article right before I uh, went on the air, talking about uh, some new law to outlaw pets that have genetic defects because they've been overbred. So let's just get rid of them. There's a uh, this this whole culture of uh, you know of death. It's, it's the death cult. It's the leftists. You know anything that's not quite right, they kill. You know, you look at the, um, you know, everything from the Nazis with the Aryan, you know, uh, nation uh, supremacy thing, and they kill anybody who wasn't, uh, you know, um, good enough, or, or all throughout history, even the, like the Spartans, you know, if you weren't if you weren't a perfect baby, they just threw you, you know, a rock pile, you know. So this has been going on for a long time. So so the uh, the, the removal of what, the undesirables, you know, look at India has a whole caste system. I mean, the untouchables. So it's kind of interesting. That uh, well, like right now in, in this country, you know, the white Christian male is basically the untouchable of the United States. So, oh no, can't uh, can't uh, you know, uh, one group that has no rights. And I'm going to write a, a piece on that too. It should be interesting. That uh, the one group you can victimize, the one group you can make fun of on TV, the one group you can ridicule in public, the one group you can accuse of basically everything. You know, uh, especially with the word phobe attached to it, uh, is the Christian white male. And and so let's see, CWM. Can I do something with like that? Christian white male, white Christian male. We need we need a we need a, a vowel in there. There isn't one. I'll work on the acronyms anyway. But uh, that's what's going on. And so um, I'll be writing an article probably today or tomorrow uh, on uh, creating a, a civil rights group uh, called the Normal Group. And that'd be the normal people, normal people who who you know believe in God and uh, who. Uh, who aren't uh, going through their entire day concerned about their skin color and who uh, think that uh, trans is elective surgery, you know, and think that uh, kids should be left alone and think that uh, the government should pretty much get out of the whole entire education system. You know, stuff like that. Normal folks, what, what normal folks believe, you know, normal incomes, normal families, you know, mom, dad, the kids, you know, just, uh, and so we, we sort of lost our normal and that's, uh, that's a problem. Anyway, so, so back to uh, my favorite little ice cream place. For those of you lucky enough to be in and around the Milton, Florida area, uh, a local business. And I do like promoting local businesses. And I was just doing one that yesterday. Uh, I tried a, a, a new uh, barbershop. And it, it's all women. And it's called the, the, the what was it called? Oh, gee, the, the Dirty Rebel Barbershop, <laughs> which is kind of crazy, right? Uh, they've got a bar. 
Uh, they have live music, uh, and they've got stuff all over the walls and T-shirts. And this is not your typical place. Anyway, so I made a little video of them uh, yesterday. So I do believe in promoting independence you know, businesses as opposed to the big chain stores. So, so try and patronize independent businesses as much as possible and listen to independent radio like, I don't know, us, the Action Radio Citizen Legislature. Feel free to share our shows everywhere you can um, because we're trying to break through a, a huge amount of big tech censorship. You know, it's, uh, it's gotten so bad now that, um, like Twitter, I have to register every time I go on instead of just staying signed in. Uh, Facebook refuses to put my show pictures on. Now, the show's more popular than ever now. I mean, we're, we're gaining ground like crazy uh, because we have some fabulous guests, and, and they're sharing the show. They're not banned like I am. <laughs> so, so that's helping tremendously. Uh, Blog Talk Radio is sharing our shows now, which is kind of nice. That's a, that's, that's a pleasant change. Um, but it, it's all about numbers. You know, the more numbers you get, the more you get shared, so, which leads to the expression, nothing succeeds like success. That's true. Nothing succeeds like success. The more successful you are, the more successful you are. That's just how it works. All right. So we've got, uh, we got ice cream. We've got uh, haircuts. We've got, uh, oh, my archery bow. It's Friday. I'm doing fun stuff, right? So I love archery. I've uh, loved archery for a while. Uh, but I had, a, I had a bow and arrows and the whole bit. And I was restringing. And one of my, my bow limbs, you know, the part that bends and flexes and actually launches uh, the arrow, I guess it's called the riser is the part you hold on to. And the limbs are the parts that attach it. Well, one of my limbs, after about, I don't know, Maybe like 15, 20 years old, broke. That had a bug crawling across me. It's Florida. That happens. Although I do have a prevention for bugs. For all of you who are trying to get bugs out of your house, yes, you can fumigate. Yes, you can try and keep the food off the floor. Yes, you can try and do a million things. But the most successful way to keep bugs out of your house is to play electric guitar, uh, probably or electric bass or drums, but play a rock and roll instrument at least an hour and a half to two hours every day. Uh, This is what I've been doing for, I don't know, a couple of years now. And I don't see bugs. I don't see bugs in here. It's just the most hysterical thing. So sound removal. You know, I'm, I'm going to practice anyway, but one of the nice side effects is, you know, the bugs, they don't like it. They don't like that noise, which is uh, actually probably a good thing. If the cockroaches liked my noise and were attracted, then I'm probably not playing that well. <laughs> so anyway, so, but uh, they don't like uh, they don't like vibrations. So uh, good, 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 good vibrations. So yeah, the bugs don't like the vibrations. So anyway, that's what I have to do with archery. Nothing. I got my archery bow back. Um, which is good. So I'm going to go uh, do that. So, so it, it's fun to be well-versed in many uh, different uh, weapons systems and martial arts. And then we get Scott Yingling back. He does self-defense stuff in Pensacola. Uh, that was a fun show we did with him. Um, but all this good stuff's going on. And so it's, it's time to enjoy your life. Go out and have fun. And yeah, politics is great to deal with, but you've got to have an outlet. And I have a few, actually, uh, especially when I get back flying airplanes. But, and then also I've got music, uh, rock and roll band in the works, and uh, my weapons, <laughs> you know, archery, you know, uh, the shooting sports, I'll say euphemistically. Um, what else is, uh, what else is, oh, I learned how to throw axes too, and I've, I've learned how to use a flamethrower. So life's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm having a good time. All right. So let's get to our, our, uh, our, our conspiracies du jour. Um, oh, in fact, it's interesting. Uh, a couple of friends of mine, really good friends, we've been having a discussion of, of alternatives to the term conspiracy theorist, because that uses that whenever they want to make you look. Uh, uh, dangerous, paranoid, and stupid all at the same time. They say, when are you some kind of conspiracy theorist? And my, my liberal tone is uh, Rush Limbaugh's character. You know, I forgot his name. Mr. So-and-so. You know, let's get the liberal tone. You, you, when are you some, and they always say it the same way. When are you some kind of conspiracy theorist? It's like it's on the brain chip, you know, for the left. And so that's what they'll say. When are you some kind of conspiracy theorist? You know, once you get that in your head, it sounds, it's really annoying to hear. Conspiracy theorist? So I think uh, so. My, I was talking to friends, and I said, "Well, we need some other terms." So I came up with the, the standard government term, 
you know, especially when they uh, don't want any questions asked. They, they use the term ongoing investigation. So it's not a conspiracy theory. It's an ongoing investigation. That's a good one. What else do we have? Uh, a bunch of different things, but they're all related to that report, an investigative report. Um, I think there's some – you have to go to my Facebook page and find out uh, some of the other ones. But it, it concerned the uh, story of the, uh, uh, the Titanic conspiracy and how it relates to the submarine that was destroyed uh, probably by pressure. You know, on their way down to the Titanic, that little submersible with the five people on board. A lot of information about that. But the, the interesting part is not the fact that there's a lot of information on that. Uh, and it's interesting that uh, they had a lot of, you know, parts from Home Depot and different other things I saw in video. Uh, that's not the interesting part. The interesting part to me, uh, if was, and the sad part is the fact that they died. That's the sad part. But the interesting part is that the, the uh, Brandon insurrection uh, knew about this Sunday. And we just found about last night, <laughs> Thursday night. Well, what happened between Sunday and Thursday? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Hunter Brandon's, uh, you know, baby slap on the wrist, <laughs> you know, plea deal so that he wouldn't be hit with um, double jeopardy when it came to Trump actually prosecuting for his real crimes. So this is a get it out of jail free card. This is a way to insulate him from further prosecution. Now, I still think there are other crimes, other things that can be developed. But the point was, this isn't ju- this is injustice. This is cover up. And that's another word for conspiracy theory. Cover up. This is a cover up. You know, I mean, we can start accusing the, those that say, when is it some kind of conspiracy theory of being, uh, of being truth-phobes? It's a little hard to say. Truth-phobe? You're a truth-phobe. A what? A tooth-phobe? No, a truth-phobe. Oh, that's too hard to say. So we've got to find a uh, – we, we need some good, good terms. Anyway, so uh, I'm just going to do what the government does and say it's an ongoing investigation. Well, what are you doing it for? What's it, what does it mean? I can't tell you. It's an ongoing investigation. You know, and then, I, think, <laughs> I think that's the best term. That conspiracy theory is an ongoing investigation. Therefore, you can't ask me because if you do, I can't tell you because it's ongoing. And that, uh, that's what the government uses when they don't want to, to answer a question or when they're a bunch of lying traitors, you know, deceitful, perjuring, uh, you know, uh, I'll let you fill in the rest. But that's what they are. Lying, traitors, perjurers. And so when the, uh, the, the traitor, I want to say traitors, perjurers, because lying and perjurer is kind of redundant. So the traitors, perjurers, when they don't want to tell you what they're doing, that is traitorous, and uh, they, don't want to tell, they don't want to lie about it, you know, to commit perjury, they will say it's an ongoing investigation. So I'm going to say that too. Uh, Action Radio is an ongoing investigation. So I mean, maybe that's when the FBI arrests me. So, so FBI, KGB, if you guys are listening, which you probably are, because why, why, would, why would you not listen? This is the most you know, unique and controversial show in the world today, as we have proposed legislation that basically would disarm you. <laughs> you know, we've got a bill to disarm the, the FBI and basically disarm the entire uh, federal bureaucracy. So, of course, they're listening. Right? Anyway, so when they do come to arrest me, you know, I'll, I'll uh, and they say, uh, you, know, uh, you, you know, they'll give me my rights, hopefully. If they'll give me my rights, I'll, I'll, I'll use that as my get-out-of-jail-free card. But if they actually give me my rights and start asking questions, I'll, I'll say, I can't tell you. Why not? Well, it's part of an ongoing investigation. I should talk to Jonathan about that. I wonder if that's a little make a little note to myself here, Jonathan, uh, the ongoing investigation. Can you use that as a defense? Um, that'd be a good one. So, so tell us, uh, Mr. Bengals, what, uh, what is this uh, you're doing here with uh, writing legislation? What do you think? You're a god? Do you think you're just a dictator? Have you violated the constitutional system? Why are you doing this? I, I can't tell you. It's, it's part of an ongoing investigation. <laughs> I like this. Uh, I love losing, using back against people. All right. So we've got articles. We've got a bunch of stuff uh, that's happening. Uh, and I have no idea who's going to call me. <laughs> this is why I keep a phone log. So anybody that calls in goes into the phone log, uh, which, of course, I keep confidential. Um, but uh, the point is, I know a lot of people. I've gotten to know a lot of people doing this show, which is really kind of cool. All right. So what else? What do you got? So there's two big things today. I'm going to give you the title of the show here. 
the title of the show, which I have to go back off live chat, is uh, Hunter's Sub Cover-Up and the Illegal Alien City in Texas. Yeah, there's a place called Colony Ridge in Liberty County. You get that? Liberty County, right? And so it's fascinating that uh, we have these two things going on. So Hunter Biden, so the whole point of, the, of delaying the knowledge on the sub was uh, being, all those people being killed was so they could use that to cover over Hunter Biden's uh, ridiculously light plea deal. However, it's not working. I mean, even rappers are coming out two-tier justice system today, you know, and it's really kind of cool. I don't, I don't rap, obviously, so, but uh, there's this stuff, even the rappers are, are noticing. So the left is noticing, the entertainment community, community is noticing, especially when a whole bunch of uh, minority folks, blacks and Hispanics, have been locked up, you know, in jail for long terms for the same things that Hunter Biden did. Or should I say allegedly did? No, he took a plea deal. He did them. Anyway, so uh, they're, they're talking about Wesley Snipes, who had his, uh, uh, for, for evading taxes or not paying taxes. Gee, I forgot to pay my taxes. I'm sorry. You know, can you let me go? No, you're Wesley Snipes. Snipes, you go to jail. You're a celebrity. Hunter Biden, yeah, I forgot my taxes. Can you let me go? Well, of course. You're the president's son. You know, and that's the problem. And so uh, you know, we could say, if I were uh, using the left, I would say, well, it's racism. Racism. Everywhere is racism. You know, paranoid. Yes, you're, you know, what is that? Some kind of conspiracy theory? What are you, so kind of paranoid schizophrenic? <laughs> Maybe I should use that one. I like that one. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to add that to my, my lexicon. Of, I mean, I'm gathering things up for, uh, you know, for my conspiracy theory thing. So I kind of like that one. I'm going to use some kind of paranoid schizophrenic. Do, 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 do. Where can I put that? I'm looking for my notes here where I put the conspiracy theory. Uh, oh, wait, I'm going to say, here we go. Let's, let's go. Paranoid schizophrenic. I wonder if I can spell it. Para, P-A. Hang on. I'm writing around my microphone again. Paranoid. I like that word, noid. Schizophrenic. I spell that. Uh, I'm spelling it phonetically. It'll correct it for me. <laughs> yeah, what is that word, Greg? I'll find out how to spell schizophrenic. do a little, little spell correction here. Still spell check. Hey, does anybody know how to spell schizophrenic? Oh, there it is. No wonder I couldn't spell it. S-C-H-I-Z-O-P-H-R-E-N-I-C. Thank you. All right. So, so some, is that a conspiracy theory? What, what, what are you, some kind of conspiracy? Uh, what are you, some kind of paranoid schizophrenic? I like that. It's got a nice ring to it. Paranoid schizophrenic. Yeah, there we go. I'll have to use that. All right. So those are the two big topics. Hunter Biden uh, gets a cover-up of his um, ongoing investigation or his plea deal because they delayed the knowledge of the sub. And the other one, is this town in uh, Liberty uh, uh, County, Texas, uh, called Colony Ridge. And I saw Todd uh, ben Berenson. Is it Berenson? Let me see. I got, I got his article right here. Todd Benzman. Benzman. Todd Benson somebody else. He's a commentator on Fox. Is he still on Fox? Oh, yeah, we'll find out. Todd Benzman, B-E-N-S-M-A-N, who's with the Center for Immigration Studies. And he took a video which appeared on Twitter of this uh, town that's going on. It's basically all the streets and it's been clear cut. It's an entire illegal alien city, you know, a so-called no-go zone within the United States. Well, I think this is a great idea because if we can put the illegals in one place, we can deport them all together. So this isn't necessarily a problem. The problem is when they're scattered throughout the United States in, in individual homes and apartments and uh, running individual businesses and things like that. When they're hiding within the country, it's much tougher. But if they're, all, if they're stupid enough to all locate in one city, that just makes, us easier, makes it easier for us to deport them. 
You know, I mean, you, you know what you should do, especially as first of all, you tell all the citizens to get out, <laughs> give them a little, give them like, you know, a little bit of time. And for the illegals that are still there, I mean, you cut the power, you cut the water, you turn the place off, you know, cut the street lights, <laughs> you do everything, you seize all their homes, seize all their cars, you take all their property, take all their bank accounts, credit cards, businesses, and everything else, and basically you defund the entire town. So you turn it off, you turn off that city, turn it off all at once. And say, okay, we know who you are. We're all illegals. We got your, uh, you know, we got your records of who, you know, the deeds, the mortgages, and all that kind of stuff that you were not entitled to because you're not allowed to be here. And uh, just seize it all. Say, okay, fine, you lost it. Bye. And then tell every other town in the United States, uh, if you have an, or every other state, if you have an illegal city in your uh, state, uh, we're going to shut them down too. I mean, they they killed the the Waco Branch Davidians. You know, we're not we're not doing something drastic like that. Of course, that was fatal. That was murder. So, so if the government's capable of committing murder of an entire community, uh, why would it be any stretch to cut off the power, the water, uh, the lights, the gas, if they still have gas, um, and uh, seize all the cars, houses, all the property, all the the, the, the possessions, the furniture, just take it off. Sorry, we're just moving the moving van. Sorry, we're, you're losing everything. Why? Because you're illegal. You're illegally in the United States. Sorry. Your fault. You believe, Brandon? That's not my problem. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. We have laws against illegal aliens. So if ignorance of the law is no excuse, then there's no excuse for illegals to be here because they should know too. Well, I can't read English. Well, that's not my problem either because you wouldn't have been here unless you could read English. That's part of being an immigrant. Okay, so let's, let's delve into some of the articles here. And like I said, I don't think Derek's joining us. And if nobody talks to me and I only talk to myself, I might shorten the show again. But last time I said that, I had all three hours. So you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen here. Um, and so I don't have any other interviews prepared. So um, what should we? Let's go to Titanic first. <laughs> this one's kind of interesting. This one I find uh, uh, very interesting. So I got the story, and I got, I got two things from uh, J.D. Rucker. J.D. Rucker is, is the best reporter out there right now. Uh, I love his stuff. Uh, okay, so it's Daily Links. J.D. I don't know who he is. Uh, here we go. Christian husband, father, uh, EIC and OQ report. Co-founder of Freedom First Network, editor of the Liberty Daily, pro-life, pro-2A, pro-Israel, America First. Yeah, I want him on the show. He's one of us, or maybe our one, I'm one of him, or however it works. Anyway, uh, oh yeah, let's, uh, let me get live chat back up here. Hang on a second. Nope, still just me. <laughs> Must be Friday. You guys don't, summertime's a notoriously bad. Fridays are notoriously bad. Uh, so you put Friday in the summertime and nobody's here. It's just me. Okay, fine. I'll keep talking. I don't mind. I got big shoulders. I can do this. All right. J.D. Rucker, June 22nd. That would be yesterday. America First Report. The Biden-Harris regime needs more charitable than I'd be. I called the branded insurrection uh, coup. It says the Biden-Harris regime knew the submersible imploded Sunday, but milked the story to cover up their scandals. That's fascinating. Other folks are saying that, too. I'm not the first. Uh, some friends of mine have posted similar things, and we're all looking at this like, well, how did they know Sunday and not tell anybody? So, in fact, how did this get out? Did they, it was the debris they found? If they find debris floating around, it generally means that it, it, it imploded sometime earlier. And so why wouldn't they tell us? I don't know if I buy that they covered it up just to cover up Hunter, because it wouldn't change the outcome. You know, if public uh, pressure could change the, the outcome of the plea deal, I'd say, yeah, maybe that happened. But because the, nothing the public would do to change that, because, you know, Brandon owns the Justice Department. Well, actually, Obama. So Obama and Hillary Clinton and Susan Rice and a few others own the Justice Department. It's their own private uh, army, their own private security force. It's their own private uh, Gestapo, uh, KGB, Savak, uh, Stasi. 
you know, name any of the, uh, the notorious secret police, you know, throughout the world. And that's what the DOJ has become. It's, it's the plaything of the, of the Marxist left, actually the Marxist Muslim left, if you take into account Obama. Anyway, so the Biden-Harris regime knew the submersible imploded Sunday, but milked the story to cover up their scandals. Subheading, they found a tragedy. They dragged it out as long as possible to keep people from focusing on their scandals. The Biden crime family and the regime are pure evil. I tend to agree. Uh, I thought of that, uh, that, you know, characterizing them the same way myself. They are pure evil. Care. They're dictatorship. All the things, in fact, Tucker has something on this, which I haven't seen, but I'll get to it. But uh, all the things that uh, other countries have done that you say can't happen here have already happened here. So stop saying that. Don't say it can't happen here. Anybody who says it can't happen here is just stupid. And behind times by like 20 years, okay? Because it, it, it's already happened here and it's still happening here. So you've got to deal with the reality that, uh, that a dictatorship is in place. It took the government by force, by stealing it from the legitimate winner, Donald Trump. This happens all the time out there in, 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 uh, you know, in corrupt world. It's not supposed to happen here. We're supposed to have a peaceful transfer of power from a free and fair election. What we had was, uh, was an insurrection which used uh, the opposition party patriots to cover up the true insurrection, which happened under the Capitol. Can't wait to get Matt Gates back on the show and talk to him about that. J.D. Rucker's article says, much of the world has been glued to their news sources for information about the submersible that went missing Sunday. It was confirmed Thursday that the tour vehicle that took the wealthy to see the sunken RMS Titanic, that would be a royal uh, mail ship, uh, it's the British designation, RMS Titanic, uh, imploded after debris was found. Used to be, I think it's HMS now, His Majesty or Her Majesty's ship, but in those days it was RMS. Imploded after debris was found. Uh, actually, it imploded before debris was found, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Uh, because, yeah, oh, oh, so, second time it's time, imploded. Uh, they said, okay, so let me, get this, let me read the sentence again. It seems a little disjoint the way I did that. It was confirmed Thursday that the tour vehicle that took the wealthy to see the sunken RMS Titanic imploded after debris was found. That's, that's a badly worded sentence because it implies that it imploded after debris was found, rather the fact that it imploded and they realized that after debris was found. So uh, that's like the difference between look in the road ahead or look in the road ahead. You know, so it, punctuation is important and so is spacing. All right. Question, and this is from the article, did Joe Biden know the submersible had been lost hours after the tragedy? Did his, uh, uh, did his well, it actually was lost. <laughs> the tragedy is that it was lost. So that's kind of interesting too, phraseology. Um, I still like his reporting though, even though I'm criticizing his English. Sorry. Article says, did his regime withhold the information to cover up for various bombshells pertaining to his son's transgressions, in other words, crimes, not to mention his own impeachment? Hmm. Yeah, that happened yesterday, too. So uh, Lauren Boebert, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and the other men of the Republican Party uh, stood tall and did the right thing and impeached uh, Joe Biden. Uh, well, they didn't impeach him. They, they recommended uh, resolutions of impeachment, which the House, uh, under Kevin McDeep State, dutifully put to the Judiciary and the Oversight Committees. Now... This is not a crisis. This is an opportunity because if they're smart, they will introduce into the hearing all the evidence of election fraud. Well, that goes to impeachment, right? So if you took the election by force, by crime, by um, coercing, threatening, or, or doing you know, something other than a free and fair election to get ballot stuffed, ballots in there, ballots recorded several times, you know, mixing in the illegal ballots with the legal ballots, you know, stuff they did, whether that was by coercion or people just wanted to do it. 
you know, it's a uh, coercion, extortion, or, or uh, willingness. I mean, those are all interesting things. But the, the, the evidence of the election fraud is mountainous. I mean, it's huge. There's so much evidence. The only people that uh, deny it are the facts that are, are people that refuse to look at it, which is another great line of mine, I think, that if someone says there's no evidence of election fraud, well, there's no evidence that you will look at. There's plenty of evidence of election fraud, but none that you will look at. So to you, there is no evidence. So that makes sense. So, so because you are a paranoid schizophrenic, because you are dealing in the, you know, in the world of, uh, you know, of what you think are conspiracy theories, which are really ongoing investigations, you're not going to look at the evidence. All right. So let's get back to the article. Did his regime withhold the information to cover up for various bombshells pertaining to his son's transgressions? Not to mention his own impeachment. Um, and uh, Jack Posobiec, who's another uh, interesting activist, um, J.D. Rucker says he thinks so. And so here's a Jack Posobiec quote. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that the U.S. Navy detected the Titan implosion on Sunday, but Biden held the news until today's whistleblower testimony on Hunter. The entire thing was a distraction op. That'd be an operation. They let everyone think those people were alive. Yeah, I was wondering about that myself. You know, I was wondering how could they be alive if they don't have the rescue, if they, don't have, they can't get down to them, if they didn't have a line on that ship to haul them back in. They only have so much oxygen. It's pretty simple. You run out of oxygen, you suffocate. And that's kind of how it works. Why they couldn't get back out, I don't know, unless the ship imploded. In other words, there was so much pressure uh, around the ship that uh, it just, like a submarine with a depth charge, it just went, you know, just collapsed on itself. That would have killed them instantly. With all that water pressure, yeah, they would have been dead, you know, almost immediately. Which, is, which if you're going to die, you might as well die almost immediately. You know, you don't want to drag it out. Anyway, it says Hunter Biden has had multiple stories haunt him this week. But the top story for most corporate media outlets has been the Ocean Gate crisis, which has now become the Ocean Gate tragedy. The, the Brandon stories, my word, were known by the White House ahead of time. Did they come out? Uh, did they time out the release of truth to distract from their own foibles? According to the Wall Street Journal again which um, requires very big subscriptions. And I can't, if I subscribed to all the sources I read, you know, I'd, be, I'd be very poor. Anyway, it says a top-secret military acoustic detection system designed to spot enemy submarines first heard what the U.S. Navy suspected was the Titan submersible implosion hours after the submersible began its voyage, officials involved in the search said. The Navy began listening for the Titan almost as soon as the sub lost communications, according to a U.S. defense official. So they, they knew about this right away. It's shortly after the submersible's disappearance. Submersible, I guess, is like sub. Shortly after its disappearance on Sunday, the U.S. system detected what it suspected was the sound of an implosion near the debris site discovered Thursday and reported its findings to the Coast Guard and on site, the U.S. defense official said. Okay, that's interesting. So here's something. Now, why would it float? Why would debris float to the surface? I mean, it's metal. One would think it would sink. So what exactly floated back up? And if it did... Uh, you know, come up Thursday, but exploded Sunday. That's, that's, I mean, it's four days. That's a lot. That's a long time to float. Now, granted, the Titanic's like three or four miles down. I mean, it's three miles down. But even so, that's a long time for stuff to float back up. Anyway, I'm just, just asking the questions. So J.D. Rucker says, let's be crystal clear. The fact that they're revealing this information now tells us they withheld the information for a reason. And that reason was almost certain certainly to keep the submersible in the news through most of the week. So what if they hadn't had the submersible? Let's ask that question. What if they didn't have this ongoing tragedy? Would they have made up another one? Would they accuse Trump of more, uh, more crimes? Would, uh, what would they have done? 
So Marco's on the line. I just uh, caught him 725, so just a couple minutes ago. This is boring meeting. Yeah, Marco, meetings are worthless. Um, apparently Dilbert has uh, come back to the comics. The new Dilbert. Marco, if you have a minute, if you can. Marco's in the Netherlands. We, we talked. I talk on the microphone. He talks on live chat. It's, it's kind of a nice, uh, nice arrangement we've got going here because Marco's really helpful looking up stuff that I can't do because I'm doing a radio show. Um, so Dilbert's back. In fact, I have on the Action Radio Comedy Freedom Frontier. It's our new comedy group. Uh, of Action Radio on Facebook, um, we I, I, I found a Dilbert um, cartoon. So 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 Dilbert was I forgot who did it, but uh, the the creative Dilbert was obviously someone who had to work in an office and points out all the stupid things that go on in offices, the whole cubicle thing, the whole uh, you know the bureaucracy, the the waste of time, the meetings. He loves meetings. Nothing nothing happens in a meeting. Meetings are for congratulating yourself and making yourself feel good, or for imple- or for impressing your underlings. You know, so the boss gets in and says, uh, you know, basically, tell me how great I am. Oh, you're a great, boss. Here's what we did for you this week. Oh, okay, great. Well, you're great, too. And it's like a mutual, uh, you know, it was like a big group hug. <laughs> but it's a waste of time. Scott Adams. That's right. That's who did. Thank you. Yeah. So Scott Adams. But uh, Marco, is there a new one? Is, has Dilbert returned? Because I, I saw something on diversity, which would have been uh, not something he would have covered, you know, 10 years ago because it was not as big a problem as it is today. And, and that's diversity of skin color, not a thought. Remember, diversity uh, implies that you must think the same way, but look different. So that's, that's what diversity is. In fact, we'll be doing an Action Radio Diversity Workshop, which will be a little different than the ones you've probably attended, <laughs> if you can imagine that. All right. So back to my article, J.D. Rucker. The Biden-Harris regime knew the submersible imploded Sunday, but milked the story to cover up their scandals. So we've got some pretty good... Um, Submarine gear. So I'm thinking to myself, seems to me, in fact, Marco's closer to this than I am. The Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Nord Stream 2 pipeline was blown up, probably by us. So my question is, if we could, if we could get down and blow up the Nord Stream 2 pipeline in the middle of the North Atlantic, although it was a lot shallower, uh, how come we couldn't rescue the submersible? How's that for a question? You want to take that one on? I got a website here. I'm going to look up uh, a little bit later. Oh, NPR newspapers have dropped the Dilbert comic strip after a racist rant by its creator. Racist rant. Oh, let me see what racist rant that was. Oh yeah. Let me see. Now that one I will. I'm going to do a break, break protocol here. I want to see what the racist rant was. So they dropped. So all the racist stuff that comes out of black lives matter and Antifa and the Democrat party and the various government agencies, all the racism that comes out of them, all the, the segregated graduations, the segregated ceremonies, the segregated dorms and colleges, the uh, segregation of SAT scores where black and Hispanic students get more because they're black and Hispanic and white and Asian, white students get uh, no extra points or none taken away and the Asian students, because they work harder, get stuff taken away. Huh. Let's take a look and see what, uh, see what Marcos found for me. Scott Adams. Oh, here we go. This is from February 27, 2023. So this is just... This is pretty recent. They only dropped him recently? Oh, Scott, i got to get on the show. Article by Mandalit del Barco. Mandalit. Oh, that's interesting. So, so we got a foreign stuff. Uh, this is NPR, National Socialist Radio. says, the distributor of Scott Adams' Dilbert comic strip, Andrew McMeal, we should call him Andrew McMealy Mouth, Universal, announced Sunday it was severing ties with the cartoonists. So aren't cartoonists supposed to be socially uh, disturbing? And critical and sarcastically and satirically commenting, isn't it the whole purpose of a cartoon? 
So if a cartoon makes fun of racism or people that are acting in a racist way, <laughs> then uh, isn't that the whole point? <laughs> you know, so in other words, they got rid of a comic for the very reason that you're supposed to have a comic. That's fascinating. So it says, oh, here we go. The distributor, Scott Adams, this came after Adams urged white people, quote, to get the hell away from black people during a racist rant on his online video program last week, during which he labeled black people as a hate group. (laughs) Well, no, black people aren't a hate group. Black Lives Matter is a hate group. That's a different thing. But black people are not a hate group. Looks like I got a call. So let's check and see who's checking. I wonder if someone's going to call me today. You know, I was hoping. (laughs) It's It's a Friday. So let me do my little phone check here. Uh, so I do have a producer in the works. Um, I've had that several times, sometimes, but uh, it, it's tough to produce for this show because it's 7 to 10 Central Time weekdays. I can do it because, you know, I can't. But uh, it's hard to get folks uh, to do this. Let's, take, let's see what we got here. Oh, he is calling in. <laughs> you would think I would recognize this number of all numbers. All right, let's get, uh, let's get right to Derek here with, uh, with the financial report. I thought he was on. I wasn't sure if he was on this week or off. That's okay. Let's... Uh, Let's get to what I'm supposed to do, which is this. Money. What is it? How does it work? How do you get it to work for you? So many choices. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, commodities. And then there are the markets. Oil, gold, manufacturing, trade, energy, even government. To make sense of all the places your money can go, Derek Park, our Action Radio financial reporter, joins us Fridays at this time to make sense of the markets and your money. You know, you'd think I'd recognize your phone number at this point, but uh, I still miss it. (laughs) Who's that? And you always call on the same time, too. But I I wasn't plugged into you this week because I wasn't sure whether you'd be here or you're still, uh, you know, traveling and doing your research and all the other stuff you're up to. No, no, it was just a, a lot of Fridays consumed, you know, so unfortunately it uh, made it a little hard. But, yeah, I'll be here for be here for the next two weeks, and then July 7th, I think it is, I'll be out again. Okay. Well, if you want to come on our special July 4th, I think it's Tuesday, um, unless you're on a boat somewhere in the Caribbean. Um, but we do a, a reading. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you ever come, to, ever come for our readings of the, of the Declaration of Independence? Um, I think I've watched one of your replays. Um, I haven't, okay. I haven't come to the one, um, but I do a, uh, uh, support one of our, one of our local groups here, um, mm-hmm. on July 4th. So I'm helping them with setup and things like that. Uh, that has to do with Riverfest. Okay. We should maybe talk about the, the Friday beforehand. We can include that in your report. That'd be kind of cool. Sure. All right. Can do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sure. They, they'd love to, they'd love to get a punch for it. You know, that helps the, um, um, Santa Rosa chamber, chamber of commerce. Well, if they want to come on the show, if they come on with you, say, maybe the last 15 minutes or so, and then have that next hour free, you know, they're welcome to stick around and talk um, more about it. If you I'll, want to I'll, I'll, ask yeah. the, uh, I'll ask the CEO if she's interested. Okay. Um, you know, if, if you've been around, you know who she is. <laughs> I do. I'm, I'm a member of the Chamber of Commerce. At least I used to be. I haven't heard from them for a while. Yeah. In fact, I, even, I, made, yeah. a, I made a Milton promo for, yeah. for them as well, for the city of Milton. They never used it. But did you ever hear my Milton yeah. promo? No, <laughs> never heard. Right, let me do. Oh, let me do this real quick. This will give you something you can say to them. I know exactly what he can do. I got this really great promo. So this is what I made. This is like uh, one of the first things I made here to, at uh, Blog Talk Radio. Check this out. This is Greg Penglis, creator of Action Radio for my town, Milton, Florida. Milton. 
It's where I live. It's where you can live, too. It's where you can bring a new business, especially a business that helps our downtown historic district. We have everything in Milton. We have the Blackwater River. We have the Imogene Theater, built in 1912 and still booking national acts. We have Scoop's Ice Cream. We have Boomerang's Restaurant, where I get my favorite Thai chicken pizza. We have an outdoor stage for music acts and free concerts by the river. The Blackwater Bistro will keep you in steak and seafood indefinitely. We have brew pubs creating great craft beers and giving us all a place to relax and talk. But it's more than just stuff and food and buildings. It's people. Remember the show Cheers where everybody knows your name? It's that kind of place. So if you are tired of the cities, of the traffic, the frenetic pace of life that doesn't seem to get you anywhere, if you want a small city that has incredible potential, that combines the best of historic buildings and modern, fun, small retail shops and restaurants, and a great waterfront, plus who knows what for the future, take a look at historic Milton, Florida, in the Panhandle, near Pensacola, and the world's greatest beaches on the Emerald Coast of the Gulf of Mexico. Milton is going through a renaissance. Maybe you can be part of making it happen. Yeah, then I left a little music here for any background stuff I wanted to put on it as well. That's one of the first things I made. Yeah. You know, I took all my production yeah. software knowledge and, uh, yeah. And they've got it. Chamber of Commerce has it. City Milton has it. I made a, a YouTube of it so they could broadcast it anywhere, and they don't. Yeah. But there. Well, it's there. Uh, you know yeah. the the uh, the river fest thing is their is their biggest event um you know very family family or, oriented starts off at about um you know nine ten o'clock there's vendors out there you mm-hmm. know food trucks beer trucks um you know they've got um you know all the all the stuff out there for kids like the blow ups uh, activities for kids and then they culminate with a uh, a fireworks show and then i support the Blackwater Pirates, and um, you know they're they're uh, responsible for the Great Milltown Duck Race. Mm-hmm. Um, you uh, buy you a racing duck, and then they have a duck with a corresponding number. They dump off the bridge. If your duck <laughs> wins, you get uh, was I think first prize prize is fifteen hundred dollars. Um, second prize is seven fifty, and third prize is two fifty. And there's only fifty five hundred ducks, so your odds are pretty good. Yeah, we should tell people these aren't real ducks we're throwing off a bridge. Okay, these are these are little plastic ducks. Yeah. <laughs> The plastic ducks in there, you know, for the for the people that are concerned about uh, the environment, they are all collected, numbered, and made sure they're pulled back out of the water. So, yeah, um, you know, that's, that's a good uh, thing. Not, nothing's left in there. You're given a keepsake duck, um, you know. So we we uh, me and my wife we help them on um, on Fourth of July. That's one of our one of our big volunteer events. <clears throat> that's wonderful. So let's get them some time on the show so they can talk about it. That would be a good thing, especially as we're yeah, headed ask, for, uh, for massive growth here at Action Radio. Yeah. yeah, the CEO. She's uh, she's interested in popping on next Friday. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll, if she is, I'll get with a uh, a time slot with you and see if sure. if um, you know want to hop on and talk for a few minutes. Well, I, I'd give them the whole hour if they want. I mean, we can talk about the Chamber of Commerce. We can talk about Milton. We can talk about Santa Rosa County. We can talk about promoting the area. I don't have anything right now. Uh, in fact, next week yeah. I have a new pup date. We have, we're going to start to do pet updates. We're going to get the animal shelter folks are going to come on and tell us what critters are available. So we're starting to do some of the things I used to do at WBY, and that's one of the things we, we did with uh, Brandy when she was the public information yeah. officer. And so we're going to start that again with Tara D., you know, so what's, mm-hmm. I'm trying to trying to get the community involved here, and uh, we're we're getting there. We're getting back to some things. Anyway, let's talk awesome. about uh, the major tragedy of today: the economics. <laughs> the economics is different. All right. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a tragedy right now, but you know, no, definitely uh, not being overly the, dramatic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not not necessarily in the good variety, you know. So that's kind of a kind of a good way to put it. But uh, yeah, we got the uh, economic report, and then um, you know we can let the questions ensue. Mm-hmm. Uh, good morning, everybody. This is Derek with the Action Radio Economic Report. Uh, equities closed mixed as the Fed chair continues to talk tough. Stocks closed mixed on Thursday with the S&P and NASDAQ higher, while the Dow Jones and Canadian TSX closed lower. Federal uh, Reserve Chair Jerome Powell underscored the Fed's focus on taming inflation with his semi-annual report to Congress. <clears throat> Powell noted that the, the testimony that there would be likely two more rate hikes in 2023 is a pretty good guess, implying that the rate hike cycle remains ongoing. In our view, the Fed is nearing the end of its rate hiking campaign with one or two remaining and will be highly dependent upon the incoming inflation and economic data. Treasury yields climb higher with the two-year Treasury yield now around 4.79, about 1% higher than its recent lows in mid-May. The yield curve uh, which is the difference between the 10-year and two-year treasury, treasury, treasury yield remains highly inverted around 1%, which historically has been a reliable indicator, indicator of an economic downturn or recessionary environment on the horizon. And now page two. My goodness, yeah, this is a big report. <laughs> this one's a little long. Uh, I can uh, say page three. Expected- <laughs> yeah, they they uh, it, it's just just rambling on. They have like uh, many subsections that will go into further detail, and I just read sure. the main one. Oh, um, man, you know, awesome. today U.S. equities closed higher with the Dow Jones down uh, five points or 0.1 percent to 33.947. Nasdaq closed up uh, through 128 points or up. 0.95 to 13.631. S&P 500 closed up 16 points or 0.137 to 30. Excuse me, 43.82. Again, in the bond market, 10, 10 years of trading at uh, 4.79 uh, higher by. I'm sorry, 3.79 higher by 0.07 percentage points. In the commodity markets, the price of crude oil was down three dollars and eleven cents, or 4.29 percent, to 69.42 a barrel. And the spot price of gold was down 21 dollars and 10 cents, or uh, minus 1.08 percent to 1923.80. Again, this is Derek Park with the Action Radio Financial Report, not Economic Report. Um, and you can get me at eight five zero nine nine five zero zero eight two. Hmm. This is interesting. Uh, one thing that jumped out was the the Treasury yields four point seven nine percent. That's almost the rate of inflation, isn't it? And and don't they have to be at the rate of inflation, otherwise no one's going to buy them? How's that work? Yeah, that's so. So that that that's true. Um, you know, the the uh, two year is at four point seven nine, and the ten years at three point seven nine. So, um, you know, typically the ten year um, is the one that kind of sets the bar where everything goes. You know, the 10 years kind of like where your mortgage rates come from, um, you know, the two year and the 10 year uh, set the bar on where CDs are going to go. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so it's uh, th- when you have what's called a yield curve inversion, what that basically says is it's more advantageous for you to buy short term bonds than it is long term bonds. Right. Okay, um, that's what I mean. And when when that indicator flashes, it tends to say that I think within three to 12 months, there is either going to be a recession or a, or a economic downturn. So we're already in the economic downturn. Yeah. Um, you know, we've discussed, we've discussed on the show that the, that the recession is pretty much here if we're not in it already. <clears throat> so, 
you know, I mean, it's uh, un- uh, um, unemployment has gotten uh, within a skosh of of um you know where where it would be to say okay we've met the criteria to say that we've been in recession so um you know uh, my company seems seems to think that it's mild recession or what they call a rolling recession i would tend to agree with that um you know the housing market and and people's money is too strong for it to say that we're just going to go into this monster economic downturn um mm-hmm. i just don't see it um, not to say that it can't happen, you know. I mean, it's um, these are all predictions, but um, my personal opinion is I don't see it. You know, it's interesting the, um, the the way this is working. Again, I look at this as the accelerator and the brake. Uh, the accelerator yeah. is the government borrowing, government spending, government printing money, and the brake is raising interest rates. So when Powell, uh, Secretary of the Treasury Powell, says that he wants to have two more rate hikes, knowing full well that he knows damn well that the cause of all this is government spending and borrowing, and he's lying to everybody. He's just flat-out lying. Uh, well, isn't that what everybody does? In, well, yeah, but, but it's, it's so blatantly obvious because I know he knows. And so for them to do this is, is crazy. But if, if you think that they, they have to think they can get away with this, that somehow the economy is strong enough to absorb all this extra spending and borrowing and only create 5% inflation as opposed to the, the 9 almost 10% it was before. So when were the first two quarters we had um, consistent um, below negative growth? So, so it was back last year, not, not this year. Last year. This year, this year has actually been positive. Okay. But the, but it's barely yeah. positive, right? What is it like 1%? Yeah, it's not much. It's not much okay, at all. So um, but it is. Positive. So I, I think last year we only had two mm-hmm. quarters that went into negative GDP. Two quarters were actually positive, but the year averaged out um, at a at a, like a stalemate. I think it was positive, but I don't think it was by much. Okay, so this makes sense. So so Brandon steals the White House in 2021. Uh, they spend tons of money, seven trillion dollars on COVID. You know, I think Afghanistan costs another $6 trillion. I forgot how much Iraq costs. Billions of dollars, plus billions they're throwing into uh, the Ukraine right now. Um, and so all that, has, all that, and then the infrastructure, the inflation bills, everything else. So they're borrowing trillions. What did they borrow? $20 trillion in the last uh, 10 years or so? Whatever it is, ridiculous amounts. Anyway, I don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's <laughs> a lot of money. So they're, so they're borrowing trillions of dollars uh, in 2021. And by 2022, you've got negative growth. Okay, so that makes sense. So the inflation caught yeah. up with, um, with the borrowing. So to me, now whether the economy is technically in a recession or not, it really doesn't matter because 1% growth is nothing to write home about and cheer and dance on your table for. So that's the Obama economy, which was stagnant for several years because of the ridiculous taxing policy. So the two ways to destroy yep. an economy, it seems, is to overtax and uh, overspend, creating inflation. So not only do you create inflation and make everything more expensive, you overtax taking money away from people that need it to spend to pay for the more expensive goods. So that's how you, yeah. that's how you destroy an economy. And that's exactly what right. they're doing now. They're going to overtax and over, overspend and overborrow. Now, is uh-huh. it, whether it's technically in a recession or not, that's almost a distraction because it doesn't matter. The economy sucks, and it could be a lot better. Now, is it as bad as it could get? Well, no, we're, we're not in a depression, yeah. but I don't want to be in a depression. Yeah. My- my personal opinion is I don't I don't think the economy sucks, um, you know. So I would, oh, okay. I would disagree with you on that. I would oh, think the free. economy is 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 um, you know is is under pressure, and I think that's okay. a that's a better terminology because you know if if the economy sucked, people would be completely bottling up and wouldn't be doing stuff. You know, hotel okay. sales are that up, vacations sense. are up, you know, yeah. airplanes are up. You know what I mean? So so looking mm-hmm. at it from a from a true economic standpoint, 
you know, is it great? No. I mean, I definitely agree with you that it's that it's not, you know, where we were, you know, three or four years ago. Um, mm-hmm. I would say four, you know, 2019, where economy was just on fire, you know. Yeah. Um, so definitely, definitely far from it, you know. But, um, um, you know, I mean, what's it going to take to fix that? I mean, you know, I mean, the, the Fed is about a year behind on the rate hikes. You know what I mean? They should have, after COVID, mm-hmm. first, they should have went to zero. I think when they went to zero, all they did was pour gasoline on a on a booming housing market. You know what I mean? All it did was explode even more. You know, so not that the, not that that's a bad thing. You know, what I mean, it's an opportunity for people to buy homes at, at historic low rates. You know, what I mean, so so it's a win for for the Americans. What it's right. not a win for is you know American greed. You know, and I'll say, you know, rentals were were booming at that point in time. And I mean, now you got people, Colleen, man, my my neighborhood, for example. I mean, houses are going for two thousand dollars a month. You know what I mean? Two thousand. Who who can afford that? I'll tell yeah. you in the military, you know, which is this is a high military area, um, even even young officers that that is above the BAH here. They're they're basic allowance for allowance for high housing. Hmm. So, you know, that part of the economy. And I think really that's what the Fed is trying to do. The Fed's saying, OK, the things that are sticky in um, uh, in inflation are the things that we need most housing, um, uh, food, you know, uh, gas. You know, all those things, you know, gas is actually almost back down to even, but, you know, it's still, it's, um, um, you know, still, it's a, it's a uh, pain point for people, right? Because they use it all the time. Yeah, but they're not using it for fun. You know, I look around and, uh, you know, as I drive around, especially on the weekends, it's nowhere near as busy as it was two years ago or three years ago. Mm-hmm. Traffic has been cut <laughs> give it drastically. Give, give, What's that? give it a week. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, July Fourth. Yeah, that's going to be Fourth of July yeah, next week. You know. So. Yeah. Well, it, it, this is why I like having you on. So that if I say something like the economy sucks, feel free to disagree. Uh, I'm looking at it in terms yeah, of. I mean, of it, no, it's okay. But I'm always yeah. looking ahead, and we're looking back and yeah. saying what it was and what it could be. So the reason it sucks is not because of the actual numbers. Uh, to me, it sucks because the potential is completely lost. In other words, if we just continue the Trump policies, you know, which should have happened. Then we would be yeah. in, in another, you know, 2019 would, would seem like a, like a start to the good economy rather than the high point of the economy. See, that's right, the difference. Right, yes. So I'm always, so looking, I'm always looking ahead. Was a, yeah. Yeah. 2019 was, a, was an excellent year in the markets. Um, you know, uh-huh. and I use that one as an example all the time. You know, I mean, it's, uh, hmm. you know, clients are like, well, how often are you going to make changes? You know, how often, you know, are you going to call? And, you know, I mean, and, and they want to hear from, you know, an advisor. I get it. Uh, but in 2019, when the market did nothing but go up all year long, and it was a great year, you know, with stellar mm-hmm. returns, what do you want me to do? Call call you and pat myself on the back? You know what I mean? It's just, I'm not going to do everything's that. Everything's fine. I'm, just send I, it a newsletter. Do you do, you do a newsletter? Yeah. So, to all your, your customers yeah. and say, hey, everything's we, great. We, we do. Don't call me. Yeah. We, yeah. we send well, – I mean, really when the market's going down is when the call's in flux. You know what I mean? That's when you care right. that things are happening. You know, so yes. – you know, I tell people that's that is the area that I'm going to focus because that's the area you want the attention. Um, you know, I mean, I do a, uh, you know, quarterly breakfast education seminar kind of thing. I just did it uh, yesterday. And, um, oh, you, you know, that's, tell me uh, in advance. Let's get more people. Or is oh, it only for your customers or is it for, is it for everybody? Uh, it's for everybody. Yeah, it's for everybody. Oh, okay. You know, so. Well, announce um, ahead of time. You know, it's. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's limited space. People have to RSVP. So actually, oh, okay. pretty common. What did I get? I got 12 that RSVP'd and seven showed up. <laughs> so I had breakfast for 12 people and, you know, seven showed up. So wasn't real happy about that, but that's, that's how people are sometimes. But, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a great opportunity. And what I do is I, I focus on 
um, hot button issues. So you get an economic update, you get a uh, market update, you know, what, what to expect with uh, equities and fixed income. Um, I talked a little bit about the debt ceiling and what makes sense about that and, um, you know, how it affects you in the long run. Um, and then um, I do a focus session, which is on hot button things that um, affect people in their investments. So this one I did, um, you know, the, the importance of risk tolerance, you know, people understanding your risk tolerance, understanding why you have a risk tolerance, understanding what risk is, right? Why we take mm-hmm. risk, where, what it does for you. Um, and why it's individual to each person, you know, you know, one person might have a higher one, um, you know, expectations versus reality kind of thing. Um, you know, so uh, last one, I cracked open a mutual fund. Um, you know, I did the whole market update thing and then cracked open a mutual fund and said, this is how, you know, the main, uh, you know, investment product, investment vehicle in markets today, mutual funds, how they work, you know, how you, how they, how they collect money, how they produce what they produce, um, you know, so mutual funds are the basis of everybody's portfolios um, or should be. I mean, I, I would say, unless you're just a, you know, smart person and you're a stock jockey, you know I mean? Most mm-hmm. of the time, mutual funds would be the baseline for everybody. But, yeah, that uh, makes sense. Do you yeah, have a videotape? Use it as a, it, as a good opportunity to, to educate yeah. folks. Well, you, do you ever videotape them? No, no, we can't. We can't do that because um, we're we're extremely regulated, Greg. Extremely. Um, okay. You know, no, we that's have, what I'm asking. We have. Yeah. And it's not necessarily company based. Some of this stuff is federal based. You know, what I mean, so the company. Right may put stiffer restrictions to keep them protected. Could we videotape it? Yes, if I videotaped it, sent it to them, had it approved, and all it takes is one thing in there to be like, you know, well, hey, you, you maybe used the wrong terminology, and they would say, no, you can't send it out. <laughs> so, Interesting. You know. Okay. Well, here's what I'm thinking, though, as uh, some stuff uh, we can talk about off the air. Uh, we have some interesting folks showing up, <laughs> hopefully showing up on the show here. And so I think we are destined to be massive. <laughs> you know, we've got friends that are looking at what we're doing here, and I've got some help with the show. And so we're, it's a potential for some incredible guests. Uh, I think all of us are going to benefit from that. And that's the whole point of uh, th- that's how I, you know, hope to uh, you know, give you something in return for all the stuff you're doing, <clears throat> excuse me, for us here and on all, all our other reporters, that there's going to be a reason there's going to be uh, something for this, um, besides the fact that we all love doing it. But uh, I do hope that you will have a huge seminar, that you'll be able to do, you know, speaking engagements at, you know, all kinds of different places, maybe even be a pundit on news, you know, you know, and now Stephen Moore and Derek Park with today's, you know, financial mm-hmm. analysis. I mean, we don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm, this is what yeah. I'm hoping is that it gets big enough that we can start doing stuff like that. Okay, well, let's, uh, Marco uh, in the Netherlands is also typing in. He said, what about Bitcoin? He says it's gone. Ah, yeah, thanks. thanks for the reminder, Marco. I almost forgot you. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> well, he hasn't forgotten you. Pull it up. <laughs> Actually, Bitcoin, um, I, I did, I, I watch Bitcoin every day. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so uh, Bitcoin actually spiked. Um, it was around 26000 a share, and it's up to like 30000 now. Um, huh. Just looked at it. Yeah, so so Bitcoin, you know, I'll give you the last five days, for example, because that's where the spike was. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, going back to Monday, it was at twenty six eight fifty one. Um, you know, based on, um, you know, some I, I think I saw articles that said recent interest and recent purchases in large numbers um, in Bitcoin. You know, they didn't specify where or who. Um, so interest in Bitcoin had arose, and that was on Tuesday. So uh, Tuesday, it's it spiked up from. Uh, say Monday of 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 beginning of the week to now it's up twelve percent. So tracking at about thirty thousand seventy five. Um, you know, so I definitely some good news for Bitcoin. I didn't dig into anything beyond, um, you know, uh, higher investor interest. 
Um, you know, but, uh, you know, 30,000 is getting back up to the, to the high point. I will note that, um, when Bitcoin went down to, what was it? Let me go back. This is my question. How low did it get, you know, when it was uh, not popular? 15,000 a share back in December. Um, That was the low? uh, Yeah. It hit 31 actually, uh, at some point, uh, back in, looks like, um, April sometime and then Mm dip back down, but. Um, you know, fifteen thousand five ninety nine is what I'm showing at the low, and I'm using I'm using Yahoo Finance here. But um, back then, when it was down at its low, I think it was closer to twenty thousand. Um, BlackRock, BlackRock, and who was the other one? I don't know if it was Vanguard or somebody else. They offloaded like eighty percent of their holdings at a oh. loss. Idiots. Yeah, they they. It might have been before, and that's why the drop happened in October. And, and you know, you have to understand, like I, I told people, you know, when you have institutional investors buying large portions of things that is mm-hmm. extremely volatile, you have to look at why they're doing that, right? They're not doing it necessarily for the profit opportunity. They're doing it for the loss opportunity, you know, because they can take losses against a business. If they know something is going to move quickly in the south direction, why wouldn't mm-hmm. they buy it? Does that make sense? Mm. So it's called, yeah. it's called tax harvesting and loss harvesting, right? Um, you know, so maybe maybe a little bit too much for Marco there, but just keep in mind if you're <laughs> if you're watching it, Marco, um, you know, and you see you see large buys or large sells, it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a great indicator to jump in or jump out. You know what I mean? Like you have to kind of do some analytics and understand why that's happening. So I just told people mark with caution. When large institutional people take millions, you know, sometimes hundreds of millions, I think BlackRock's position was something like 300 million. Um, hmm. You know, I don't, I, I don't know exactly what they sold, um, but I just I saw an article that said like 75 percent, you know, that they offloaded. And then there was another institutional investor, and I'm not throwing Vanguard under the bus, but I think it was Vanguard. So I'm just shooting from the hip. I'd have to find the article. Okay. Did you hear about uh, James O'Keefe's investigation and his new oh my, OMG group, uh, O'Keefe Media Group, otherwise, oh my God, you know, where he had the BlackRock yeah. uh, guy on and uh, said, yeah, war is good for business, you know, and we control everybody. We can buy it senators is. for $10,000. Isn't that great? Yeah. 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 No, I, I mean, I, I believe it. I, I didn't hear it, but yeah, I mean, it, uh, it's, I think oh, it's self itself, it. man. Yeah, I, uh-huh. I've got it on either. It's either on our special investigations group. Uh, oh, I, I already posted. It. Yeah, well, I'm actually in touch with the, with the, uh, his group. I'm trying to get James O'Keefe on, and so we've been yeah. sort of writing back and forth on uh, talking about legislation and stuff. Well, yeah, it makes sense because when they do the investigation, you, a lot of times it's going to take corrective legislation uh, to fix the problem. Uh, now, the big problem, mm-hmm. of course, is, is the, the national debt and our constitutional amendment, um, but I've changed it. It's actually it's even better than it was before. I don't know if you've seen the new version, but I also talk about elimination of a central bank and the printing of money to cover expenses and a couple of other things that would re- – it's, it's a much stronger amendment than it was before. And so but right. that's the kind of thing I, I want James O'Keefe on um, to – not necessarily that, but more the Pfizer thing. In other words, when he says we've got Pfizer executives you know, covering up data and fudging the results and, and, and covering up death statistics and all this other stuff that – down, the Wall Street dude is finding, um, then I could say, okay, great. Well, we got a bill on vaccine product liability, um, which is on its way to two really interesting places. One, Robert Francis Kennedy, and hopefully on its way to Donald Trump. Um, we'll see who uh, yeah. comes out. You know, if they both endorse that bill, we're, we're going to be very popular. <laughs> There'll be a lot of requests for, for interviews for us, um, for the fact that uh, we're actually writing things like that. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. Um, has Wall, did Wall Street ever, ever forecast that when Brandon took over, 
that being a Democrat, he would likely raise taxes and spend and borrow money. Was there any kind of long-range forecast? Because this was entirely predictable for you and me and anybody who looks at it. He said, well, he's a Democrat. It's not a legitimate. Well, you, you, I don't think you said it. I said it. It's not a legitimate administration. Um, and that uh, they don't care if they uh, uh, cause massive inflation. They don't care about the national debt. They don't care how much they raise these things. Yeah. So to me, everything that's happened since Brandon assumed the White House has been entirely predictable. Yeah. So, so no, they haven't. You know, I mean, everybody, um, you know, the, the news got a hold of it when, when under the Trump administration, they had the mass tax cuts, which, you know, I, I'll, I'll be a little devil's advocate. They were mm-hmm. great for everybody that made $100,000 a year or less. If you were over that, you actually, you actually got the, the crap into the stick, right? Mm-hmm. And what they really did is instead of having, you know, eight or nine layers in the, in the tax, uh, tax code, you know, of, of income levels, they bracketed it down to four, you know, so, you know, these four brackets, four or five, you know, I mean, I can't remember off the top of my head, but, you know, I mean, they mm-hmm. basically captured more people within these brackets is what they did, which means predominantly most people would pay more taxes. Now, I'll, I'll spout, some, uh, uh, spout some statistics for you. Okay. Republicans over time traditionally have produced more of a government surplus than, than Democrats traditionally, mm-hmm. right? So that makes sense. means that there's more money for them to spend and, and you know, they can, they can do more things, right? Democrats traditionally have a, a longer track record of increasing taxes and causing a government deficit, you know? So, um, you know, when, when um, Biden came in, you know, he says nobody under 400,000 would get any kind of tax increases whatsoever, right? Yeah, so that's, that's a lie. Um, yeah, exactly. The Inflation Reduction Act uh, that got pushed through, there was tax raises for every bracket um, mm-hmm. all the way down. And I mean, I, I pulled this out of the uh, out of the uh, um, out of the bill. You know what I mean? It's, there's a there's a chart that's in there. So actually, the people that got hit the most were people that made less than ten thousand dollars a year. Their raise in taxes was three point one percent. Everybody else averaged about two point. And then mm-hmm. obviously, everybody that made like. Yeah, one hundred and fifty thousand, hundred. Uh, I can't remember what the bracket is. Theirs was like two point eight percent, you know. So um, yeah, there was a tax raise for everybody in there. You know, they they increase the, uh, the the tax rate, and you know, government collects more money from you. So you know, well, no, news, it's just the opposite. It's just the opposite because What's you that? said that as the Democrats raised taxes, you know, they had less money to spend when the Republicans uh, cut no, taxes. No, you're, you're right. So, so where we're at, do the numbers on that, right? They're yeah. spending more than they're bringing in. Yeah. Well, they're always spending more than they're yeah. bringing in. See, that's the problem. See, now, yeah. I wonder, I'd love to be able to get this to an a, a economic writer. Stephen Moore would be my first choice, but I don't, I don't have right. access to him. But uh, some of the writers on Wall Street, if they actually got word of our constitutional amendment, you know, to uh, to stop Congress borrowing money. Uh, you know, it'd be great to have someone. Uh, I remember John Kenneth Galbraith was the big authority before. I don't know, I don't know who the, the the nation's economist is now. Probably it was Stephen Moore on the conservative side. But to actually write about this and talk mm-hmm. about what would happen if we had a constitutional amendment where Congress just stopped borrowing money, and and uh, as the yeah. Treasury bills and notes came due, the debt would automatically reduce because they have to pay those off. I mean, those are obligations they do have to pay off. And so, mm-hmm. you know, but you look at any Congress has borrowed money, uh, it's for something that wasn't. Necessary. It's some long-term war, rather than fighting a lightning war and getting it over with, um, for an inflation program, an infrastructure program, uh, you know, COVID, none of that was necessary. COVID, we could have cured with, uh, I wrote an article on uh, freedom. The cure for COVID was the freedom mm-hmm. of information and early treatments. And so right. freedom works. You know, and if people don't get it, freedom works. Government control doesn't work. 
And it doesn't matter whether you call it capitalist, communist, free market, you know, restricted socialist, you know, it doesn't matter what you label it. Freedom, if these markets are left alone, if taxes are low, it actually generates more money. And that may, that's, the Democrats, they can't get that through their heads. You know, and Obama said, well, you know, even when he was told that, he was shown that lowering taxes increases government revenue. He says, well, we still need to have the rich pay their fair share. They just, they're, they're, yeah. this, it's in their DNA. They can't get have beyond you seen, that. Have you, have you ever watched any of um, RFK stuff? Yes, I have. I listened yeah, to the full yeah, three yeah, hours with, um, with, uh, when he was on with Joe Rogan, because I want to be on with Joe Rogan, too. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, man. Yeah. You know what? I'll tell you what. If the, if the Democrats want to want to want to hire somebody, it needs to be that dude. <laughs> like, well, yeah, man. and I would vote. For, well, here's my choice for president. First is Donald Trump. My second choice for president yeah. is Robert Francis Kennedy. Yeah, he's uh, he's man. I, I uh, you know I watched most of the the interview. I didn't watch all of it, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, and I hope he's not he's not you know a fakey like the rest of it. You know, I, I don't know his track record, but you know, for what he was saying, I was like, okay, okay, I like you. <laughs> I like what you got yeah, to say. Yeah, and this is this uh, is the great impressive. unfold now. Yeah, now I, I predicted this about six months ago when I first heard about him writing, yeah. and what 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 occurred to me immediately is that both Robert Francis Kennedy and Donald Trump are hated by their parties. They are non-deep state, yeah. right? Non-deep. So you've got, this is, yeah, so, you, so if they team up, this is the first non-deep state election in, in decades. Yeah, I'd love it. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, we need, we need, uh, we need somebody that, that, that focuses on common sense, and I think, I think both of them do. Yeah, plus they're both rich, so you can't bribe them. They don't need the money. You're not going to bribe Robert Kennedy with money. He doesn't need money. He's got zillions of dollars. You're not going to bribe Donald Trump with money. He doesn't even take a salary. So money's not the issue for him. I saw some neat statistics that showed since since JFK, um, Uh what is it, since JFK, JFK was the last Democrat to, to, to put up a large portion of money. Like 50% of his campaign was raised by JFK. The other 50% was by donors. Hmm. and then they showed, then they showed, um, like Clinton, you know, like Clinton, like you know, ninety five percent of his money was was by donors, five percent was by him. And then they showed um, Obama, where Obama was like uh, like ninety seven percent, and like three percent was by his. Donald mm-hmm. Trump was something like seventy two, seventy two percent was his, mm-hmm. um, and, oh, really? and the rest of that. Donors. Yeah, Ross Perot is actually has the highest. It, like ninety five percent of his money went to for that campaign. Only five percent wow. was by donors. Um, Hillary Clinton was zero, absolute zero. Put zero of her own money. Of course, um, up for that. Like, wow. <laughs> well, that, that you know, those are those are very interesting statistics, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, they believe in enough. Ross Perot and Donald Trump uh, believed in themselves enough to put up their own money. Hillary, I don't think. I don't even know if she believes her own propaganda. I don't think she cares, but she had the Clinton foundation. So they had money laundering operations so they could generate all kinds of money. Yeah. And if I'm not in there next week, then Hillary heard my report. (laughs) Okay. I got to cut you off, man. I'm sorry. Um, That's okay. Anywho. uh, uh, Yep. Appreciate the opportunity. Should be on next week. You know, so as long as no, I got no issues, but um, you know, appreciate uh, the time. Thank you. Talk to the chamber of commerce and uh, let's get your phone number one more time so people can reach you and we'll talk uh, next week. Yep. Again, this is uh, Derek with the Action Radio Financial Report. You can give me eight five zero nine nine five zero zero eight two, and um, I'll get back to you on, um, you know, after I talk to the chamber. Perfect. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Yep. Great report. Yep. Bye. All right. Bye now. There we go. 
So, uh, yeah, it's um, <laughs> this is one day. See, normally, here's what I normally do. I normally have a um, uh, my reports, my reporters for the day. I have the phone numbers right in a convenient place, but I have them all stashed at the bottom of my uh, my template for the show. So I have, uh, I have my notes down there. I didn't pull them up today because I didn't think anybody I knew was, you know, my regular reporters were calling. <laughs> so it was really great to have Derek in here. All right, so it's 8.07. I'm going to take a little break right now, play a couple of things, and I've already played my Milton promo. That's kind of cool. I, I, I do that. don't do that as often as I should, um, but uh, hopefully that will get to – I'll give that to uh, Derek. He can take it to the Chamber of Commerce again. And uh, we did get um, the Bitcoin report in for, for Marco uh, in the Netherlands there. Let me see what I can play for you. Uh, I'll probably do some sarcastic pieces as we go. No, if uh, Cowgirl Candace is joining us at 9 o'clock. We'll see. Anyway, I got some more articles to cover. Lots more stuff to do. And uh, as always, of course, Marco, feel free. I don't check out that. We'll go back to that Dilbert comic because <laughs> that sounds like fun. Telling white people to stay away from uh, black race riots. Well, I, I would. You know, I'm not a big protester anyway. I don't think they do much good. And that's why the beauty of Action Radio uh, is that you don't have to protest. You don't have to meet. You don't have to spend any money. You just send in the bill links, you know, to our bills. Uh, send the bills into, uh, you know, government and media. That's it. Really, really simple stuff. All right, let me start with something depressing, and we'll go from there. Joe Biden's Dark Winter. No freedom, no liberty, no guns, no representation, no oil, no coal, no nuclear power, no space force, no constitution, no family gatherings, no vacations, just taxes, work, misery, masks, lockdowns, and ever more government. This is what will happen if you let Marxists steal the election. This has been a public service announcement of Action Radio, reminding you it's time to get off your butt and save your country. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strike Force, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code WYL to the discount code window at checkout. WYL comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend, Jason Myers, and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down, 
or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. And we are back, so let's get back to news. All right, back in the newsroom here. So we've got uh, this story that uh, Marco alerted me to, and I, I got it from somewhere. I've forgotten how we got on the subject of Dilbert, but uh, we got on the subject of Dilbert and uh, Scott Adams. And apparently uh, this is a story from uh, NPR, from WUWF, in other words, woof. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist that. Uh, February 27, 2023, from Mandalit del Barco. You know, uh, Anyway, so so uh, there we go. Let's go, Scott Adams. Of course, Scott Adams is a white guy. Maybe that's why they picked on him too. So so he says that the, the distributor of Scott Adams' Dilbert comic strip, Andrew McNeil, or McMilly Mouse as I would call them, Universal announced Sunday it was severing ties with the cartoonist. This came after Adams urged white people to get the hell out of uh, out of get the hell away from black people. <laughs> that's funny to me, right? Doing a racist rant on a racist rant on his online video program. You want to have a racist rant? Listen to. Uh, uh, any of the, the, the black members of Congress. You want to talk about a racist rant? They hate white people. I mean, it's obvious. They hate Donald Trump. It would be interesting if, if some folks would say, well, you, you're just saying that against Donald Trump because he's a white guy. I mean, that would be funny. Anyway, so uh, anyway, during uh, so, so Scott Adams apparently labeled black people as a hate group. And again, I said, I don't think of black people as a hate group. I think of black liberal, Black Lives Matter people as a hate group, like Warren when he types in. But uh, no, no, it's just, uh, I mean, you, you can't stare at, you can't group black people into a group, quite honestly. It's quite fascinating. You know, you've got uh, like like every group, like every you know racial uh, racially similar group. You've got uh, extremes in all ways, you know, good and bad. But that's just how life is. Anyway, Washington Post by article: The Los Angeles Times and other newspapers across the country, in other words, the liberal press, has already announced they would no longer carry the syndicated comic strip. Why? Because it's really popular, and because he's funny, and because those are all liberal papers. So what about the the Washington Times? Uh, Washington Examiner. How about some of the conservative papers out there, the Houston Daily or the Tennessee Star? I bet you they're still carrying it. 
Anyway, Adams, back to the article, Adams opens the episode of his online program discussing the presidential bid by Republican multimillionaire entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy. We talked about Vivek the other day. Hey, Swamy. Swamy, I think, is a Soros plan. I think he's a Democrat. And so we spent a couple of uh, – we spent a good amount of time on that. Yeah, it was yesterday or the day before. I'm not sure. These, these shows all run together. Anyway, so we already talked about Swami. Swami is, is not what he appears to be. We did a couple articles on him already. Then it says, then 13 minutes into the video, Adams began his screed. Screed? What's a screed? S-C-R-E-E-D? Is that like a scream in a creed? I don't know. I've never seen that word. By citing the results of a recent public opinion poll conducted by the conservative-leaning of Rasmussen. Oh, conservative-leaning? As opposed to the liberal-biased Pew Research report, some of those other liberal reports. Anyway, it says, by telephone and online, the group surveyed 1,000 American adults with the question, do you agree or disagree with the statement? It's okay to be white. Wait, 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 wait. That was the problem? They asked if it's okay to be white? Well, I mean, most of us don't have a choice, unless you're Michael Jackson, you know, who did what he could to be white, which seemed kind of stupid because he looked pretty decent as a black dude. <laughs> you know, I don't know what the problem was. Dude, why would you want to be a white? You know, you're already a black dude. Stay black. You're doing okay. You know, of course, he's passed on now, and I still like his music, though. Um, but uh, is it, uh, you know, can you imagine asking if it's okay to be black? Or if it's okay to be Asian? Is it, is it okay to be Jewish? Is it okay to be Hispanic? No, the only question you can ask, the only possible question that could be asked that is, it, is it okay to be white? And who is going to give that permission? Well, obviously, the only people you can ask are white people, right? So if you ask, uh, you know, racist black people or racist Hispanic people if it's okay to be white, they're going to say no. Like I mentioned, that's what most of the survey says. So let's find out. And the survey says, do a little uh, Richard Dawson uh, family, uh, whatever that show was, family something. Who I, I, I stopped watching game shows after uh, Concentration and Jeopardy. The old ones, you know, went off the air. Anyway, $10,000 pyramid. It was like, now it's like the $100,000 pyramid? Inflation, right? So back to the article. The report found that 72% of the respondents agreed, including 53% who are black. So only, only half the black people think it's okay to be white. Okay, well, why do they ask the same question? Is it okay to be black? Of course, you know what's going to happen. That's a political question. See, okay to be white is, is, a, is a question of, uh, of white guilt. In other words, do you have enough white guilt to say that it's not okay to be white? But you can't say, is it okay to be black? Because now, now we're talking racism, a totally different thing, with perceptions that go on in this country. This is fascinating. So 26% of black respondents disagreed. 21 said they are not sure. What do you mean you're not sure? <laughs> And, and the thing is, you know, and, and so the follow-up question is, after, you know, it's okay to be white, is you don't have a choice, okay? If you're not white, you don't have a choice, unless you're Michael Jackson. If you are white, you don't have a choice, unless you're going blackface, and that really gets you in trouble. <laughs> but the point is, you can't change your skin color. You can change your pigment, you know, but uh, it, it doesn't, well, I can't change your skin color. Um, but, uh, yeah, I know, it's, it's kind of stupid. <sighs> anyway, since the report found, okay, the poll found that 79% of all the respondents agreed with the statement, black people can be racist too. Well, of course black people can be racist too. These are stupid questions. So, so that, that's part of the problem is they're asking stupid questions. The statement, it's okay to be white, has been repeated on right-wing websites and in speeches, and probably here on the show too. The Anti-Defamation League has denounced it as a hate chant. A hate chant? It's okay to be white? But, so, so you can't even say, so that thing is proud to be, you know, is it okay to be proud to be white? So they're not even saying that. They're just saying, is it okay to be white? In other words, is your existence okay? And if someone says it's not okay, then what's the next section? The next uh, question, do you want all white people put in a death camp and gotten rid of? If it's not okay to be white, 
then what do you do with the white people? See, that's, this is the extension of this. All right. So the real hate is asking the question, is anybody that says it's not okay to be white? I mean, how dare you? Whether you're white or not. If you're white and say it's not okay to be white, you're just an idiot. If you're another color and you say it's not okay to be white, then you're a racist. <laughs> you know, so the answer is actually pretty easy when you look at it. This is, and why and he got canceled for this? What did he get canceled for? On his YouTube live stream program, Real Coffee with Scott Adams, the cartoonist said the results of the poll demonstrate the country's racial tensions can't be fixed. No, they can be fixed. We just have to stop asking stupid questions. Adams previously claimed he was the victim of racism in Hollywood. Obviously, yeah, but a white person's been the victim of racism. Look at affirmative action. <laughs> we have government institutionalized racism. Every time you, you fill in your race on a form and uh, minorities get promoted over white people, that's racism. The, the whole country, the, the, the country's in racist. The government's racist. Then it says for three decades, he produced his comic strip, Dilbert, probably made a fortune, which satirizes office culture. Oh, so you can make fun of offices, but you can't make fun of minority people <laughs> who are minorities in this country because almost everybody's a minority, right? Even the white guys. White guys, white Christian men are a minority. I wonder what the population of white Christian men in the country is. Anyway, according to Andrews McNeil syndication, Dilbert appeared in 2,000 newspapers in 65 countries and 25 languages. Do even some of those countries have offices? <laughs> Just asking the questions. All right. This is funny. I got I to gotta save this and post this. This is, this is great. Right, let me get some of the other things I was, uh, I was talking about. So uh, let's see what we got here now. Okay, life is good. All right. So Marco's still listening. He's probably working. He's probably in another boring meeting. All right, let's get back to the, sub, uh, the submarine cover-up of Hunter Biden's crimes, and then we'll get on to this, this uh, corporate town. That might be done this hour. We'll see. Uh, if Candace calls in, then I'll definitely uh, I'll check the phone number <laughs> against my Friday people, but if not. All right, so the last thing we heard from our report we were reading from, the Biden-Harris regime knew the submersible imploded Sunday but milked the story to cover up their scandals. J.D. Rucker, June 22nd, Substack. And it says here, let's be crystal clear, the fact that they're revealing this information now tells us they withheld the information for a reason. And that reason was almost certainly to keep the submersible in the news through most of the week. Well, what they've done to submersible wasn't in the news. Well, they found something else to cover up uh, Hunter Biden's uh, um, basically get out of jail free uh, agreement. Uh, what would they have done? We had a great hearing, too, by the way. Matt Gates, my congressman, was outstanding in the hearing. He's not outstanding about coming on the show, but he's outstanding in the hearing. <laughs> So we'll work on that second part in a bit. Article then says, here's how it went down. You can call this a theory if you like, because technically speaking it is, but I'll bet good money that I'm right about what happened over the past five days. Someone at the Wall Street Journal received a leak about the implosion being heard. They contacted the Pentagon for a confirmation and sought a secondary source. They were commanded to bury the story until further notice because the White House needed the crisis to stay a crisis before a properly timed tragedy announcement was made. Well, that sounds about right. But the problem is, why is the, why, uh, why is the White House uh, telling the New York Times what to publish or what not to publish? See, that's the problem. See, if I was a newspaper editor and, and uh, the White House called me and says, don't publish this, you can guarantee it's going to be on the front page. Guarantee it. But that's just me. Then he says, we know this for, for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, there is zero reason to leak the information to the Wall Street Journal today. Well, that's interesting. So, uh, let me start again so it makes sense. Someone at the Wall Street Journal received a leak about the implosion being heard. Which leak? We're not talking about submarine leaking. We're talking about information. They contacted the Pentagon for confirmation, which is what journalists, real journalists do. They were commanded to bury the story until further notice because the White House, this part came from the Pentagon, needed the crisis to stay a crisis before a properly timed tragedy announcement was made. Okay. 
We know this for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, there is zero reason to leak the information to the Wall Street Journal today. Well, that's true. It's a top-secret program whose presence reveals important defense capabilities to our enemies. That's interesting, too. Now, if they know we can hear a small submersible's implosion in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean at great depths, that's information you don't want leaked under normal circumstances. Oh, that's interesting. So why? All right. So this, this actually this, now it makes sense. All right. So the, the, the White House, in their infinite stupidity and, and cover up, they want to they want to leak the story. See, Obama was famous for doing that. Remember when Obama leaked the story of SEAL Team 6? See, the SEAL Team 6, the SEALs didn't even acknowledge there was a SEAL Team 6. Obama not only uh, uh, announced the team, but he named the members. And I think he brought them to the White House making them completely ineffective for any further covert operations. <laughs> These are the ones that killed Obama. I'm not about, excuse me. <laughs> oh, that was a misspeak. Sorry. Sorry, Obama. I, you know, I still have bad things about him, uh, but their criticism, not that. Osama bin Laden. I bet you I'm not the first to make that mistake. Don't take it out of, out of context. SEAL Team 6 killed Osama bin Laden. Let's get that on the record. Thank you very much. Huh. Sorry, producers, Blog Talk Radio, and anybody else who misheard that. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, no, Obama's alive and well and living comfortably on Martha's Vineyard and not underwater from global warming. So he's doing just fine, which is a good thing. I don't wish him any harm. I just wish he wasn't president because he was a terrible president. But that's another story. All right. We know this for a couple of reasons. Here we go. So let me backtrack a bit. We know this for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, there is zero reason to leak the information to the Wall Street Journal today. It's a top secret program whose presence reveals important defense capabilities to our enemies. So now our enemies, China know that we can hear small things way down deep in the ocean. That's good. Then as the article says, now they know we can, now they can hear a small submersible's implosion in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean at great depths. Yeah, I think I just said that. That's information you don't want leaked under normal circumstances, and that I've repeated. So let's go on here. That tells us the Wall Street Journal had proctored the information before, or procured, excuse me, in other words, bought. So the Wall Street Journal knew about this ahead of time, likely Monday at the latest. With their hands tied, the Pentagon made a deal that the information could be posted, but only after the Wall Street Journal had, had been cleared to do so, was cleared to do so. Today's multiple Biden revelations triggered the discovery of the debris and subsequent news about our top secret capabilities. So, yes, yeah, so he, he would do that. Obama gave away our top secret capabilities with SEAL Team 6. Biden has given away our top secret capabilities to hear things way underneath the ocean. I'm sure the Chinese and the Russians suspected it, but now they know. So now they know. Mm-hmm. But it was worth it to, to the Brandon Insurrection White House to get that information out there up um, the submersible to keep the story alive so that the, so the deer hunter you know, wouldn't be uh, the object of public ridicule, which, of course, he is. Then it says the second reason we know that this is how it went down is the ludicrous motion, uh, notion that officials heard knocking. Yeah, like, well, like SOS code on the side? Yeah, right. This information served one purpose and one purpose only to keep people hoping for a miracle and glued to their news sources for more information, completely ignoring the various scandals the White House wanted covered up. Yeah. The knocking theory never made sense to me either. Uh, it just, it's, it's way too, hear knocking three miles under the ocean? I don't think so. You know, a little, little tap on the side of the, the metal container. Do you know what the pressure is down there? It's like, what, several thousand pounds per square inch? <laughs> you know, that's why, that's why submersibles implode unless they have a counterbalancing force of oxygen and metal to withstand that kind of pressure down there. So the pressure down there is incredible. So, yeah, that's what happened. Heel tapping on the side? Nah, I don't think so. They have hard enough time hearing tapping in a cave, you know, through a few inches of rock. <laughs> so, no, I don't think so. Then it says hard head report. See, I've wondered about that, too. I mean, I knew something was wrong. I knew as this is going, you try, and you try and think, 
now that you know it's over, you're trying to think if they haven't been, I was thinking if they haven't been pulled out, because I heard about it Sunday like everybody else. If they weren't pulled out by Monday, I thought, you know what, they're, they're bound to run out of air. You know, I, I don't suspect much. And the fact that as soon as I heard they found a debris field, I'm thinking that's old. That's several days old. You know, so I kind of speculated that uh, that was the case. Now we get the confirmation. Then it says, uh, yeah, here we go. So had reports of knocking not been released, everyone would have assumed the worst by Monday or Tuesday, which is what I did. Yeah. But a glimmer of hope and chance of a miracle made the story even more compelling through Wednesday. By Thursday, all of the negative Biden bombshells had dropped unnoticed, except by us and some other folks here, right? So a version of the truth was released. The Wall Street Journal was granted permission to reveal their top secret information, which was reluctantly promised by the Pentagon in exchange for being reluctantly delayed by the Wall Street Journal. So they got the secret information in exchange for not publishing the story. Pretty bad, huh? They said, this is who we're dealing with, folks. We have a current administration. Well, we're not a, we have a current you know, coup with no shame, no boundaries, and nothing but desperate cover-ups keeping them going every day. Well, it's worse than that. It's worse than that. It's an illegal administration. It's an illegal government. So why would an illegal government, if they're, if they're crazy enough and dangerous enough to steal the 2020 election, why would they care about anything else that they do. They've already stolen the election. They've already committed a, a coup d'etat. They're traitors. So why would traitors who have stolen the election, illegally occupied the White House for years, and totally screwed up our country, our economy, and, and sent millions and upon millions of illegal aliens into our country, why would they care about releasing secret information um, or anything else to, to hide their, their, their scandals? They wouldn't. Oh, Marco's got no more meetings. Sorry, Marco. Too bad you have no more meetings. I'm really sad for you. Yeah, okay, anyway. All right, let me uh, play something for you here that's a little bit different. I'm going to say, I'm going to say frequent breaks because I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> talked out a little bit here. This has been fun. Uh, but again, my energy comes from people calling. And so we'll see if uh, Cowgirl Candace is coming in. I've got another one. This is even a better one. Is a tit- Well, I've got actually three articles. I'm going to get all three, all three of these before we're done. But it says, is a titanic conspiracy theory tied to the sinking of the billionaire submersible? A titanic. Now, so we talked about this on, on uh, earlier on the show and on Facebook. Conspiracy theory. Is that some kind of conspiracy theory? You know, are you some kind of paranoid schizophrenic? <laughs> That's my response from now on. Let me take a one more break here. Play a couple things for you. What time is it now? Eight twenty-nine. Eight twenty-nine, and then I'll come back with more, more, more stuff. More, 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 and away we go. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? 
If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive, conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stars Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stars Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't, which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care, and now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Action Radio, part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take, that is Action Radio. Yeah, I just thought I'd wake you up. <laughs> I'm having too much fun today. Action Radio. Dangerously cool. It's Friday. You know, it's been the end of a, of a crazy week. 
Um, so, uh, Mark, when he says no more meetings, he's got no more meetings on the live chat. Does he mean that uh, he's sad that there are no more meetings or he hates meetings and he wishes for no more meetings? Well, the good old translation there from the Netherlands. All right. So here's the article. The second one by J.D. Rucker. Same day, too. It's kind of interesting. Is a Titanic conspiracy theory tied to the sinking of a billionaire submersible? Um, this is interesting. So I, I'm just going to go through this one. And then I got two articles on... Uh, on the illegal alien cities that are springing up in the United States, particularly one called Colony Ridge uh, in Liberty County, Texas. But we'll get to that in a little bit. So J.D. Rucker, June 22nd, yesterday, says ever since the sinking of RMS Titanic in 1912, theories have continually emerged that question the official narrative. Some are ludicrous, such as one about a cursed mummy, mummy on board that was repeated by the New York Times shortly after the sinking. Some have legs, such as the notion that a German U-boat sunk her in their quest for World War I sea domination. Um, I don't know about that because World War I wasn't declared yet. And World War I was, was 1914, and the Titanic sank in 1912. It was two years before World War I. So um, why would the Germans sink a boat, uh, sink a ship, two years before World War I? That, so that, that doesn't make sense. But, you know, it's a theory. It's a conspiracy theory, or as I call it, an ongoing investigation. The article says one theory in particular stands out as not only plausible, but potentially tied to the current tragedy unfolding in the news, according to Google whistleblower Zach Voorhees, V-O-R-H-I-E-S, who says, since no one is offering the conspiracy narrative of the, of the submarine, here goes. So his conspiracy theory, or in other words, ongoing investigation, well, if you need to, if you, if you read the primary source, this is really fascinating. He says, if you read the primary sources uh, from the survivors of the Titanic, you'll see a disturbing trend. Survivor after survivor doesn't mention an iceberg. Let me say that again. Survivor after survivor doesn't mention an iceberg. Well, how can they not mention an iceberg? It hit an iceberg and, and flooded the compartments. You know, five instead of four, and it sank. That's what the story, right? But survivor after survivor doesn't mention an iceberg. Here's what gets interesting. They mention an incredible explosion that rocked the ship before it sank. <clears throat> No iceberg? Now, how could multiple passengers, do you think they were all co-opted and bought off and told to deny the iceberg to save the reputation of the captain? No. That would be stupid. Besides, they're not all going to go on to take the money and tell the truth anyway. <laughs> I would. <laughs> uh, anyway, it says, yeah, but they did mention an incredible explosion that rocked the ship before it sank. I know why. Um, the coal. They had a coal fire when they left, apparently. That's what I heard from another special. So the Titanic was already on fire when it left, uh, left port. Uh, and it just got worse. Anyway, it says, we've all become familiar with the phrase, jet fuel can't melt, melt steel beams. That's from 9-11, right? Jet fuel uh, can't melt steel beams. But something did, yeah, probably an uh, underground demolition charge, right? It says, yet no one has mentioned the obvious. Icebergs can't cut through hardened steel hulls. Let me say that again. Icebergs can't cut through hardened steel hulls. You know, it's interesting now that I think about it. I can't remember any other ship uh, sinking because it hit an iceberg. Can you? I mean, I just find that fascinating. And what about uh, icebreakers? Those are ships that go through ice. Now, I assume they had, you know, four to five inches of, of thick steel, but apparently they don't. Where he says, so if why, this is kind of wording it. So, so why? Let me just skip the words he shouldn't be adding. So why would the Titanic blow up? Well, it turns out our industrialists opposed to the creation of the Federal Reserve were on that ship. I don't buy this, but it's fascinating to think about it. And I'll tell you why. Um, because Kennedy was killed um, about three weeks after he proposed that we get rid of the Fed, Federal Reserve, 
and go to silver, silver certificates in U.S. dollars. I'm kind of proposing the same thing. So let's see what happens. Right? It says, um, because you can't be afraid of these people. If, you know, if, if, if giving a life for freedom is not a problem. It just isn't. Anyway, it says, so if, why would the Titanic blow up? It turns out the industrialists opposed to the creation of the Federal Reserve were on that ship. Okay. So the Federal Reserve was created in 1913. World War I started in 1914. That may not be a coincidence. The Titanic sank in 1912. Hmm. So who were the four people that were on that ship that were opposed to the Federal Reserve? John Jacob Astor IV, Benjamin Guggenheim, Isidore Strauss. Um, that was, uh, yeah, I think Isidore Strauss. That, that's uh, Levi Strauss. I think it's the same company. So I think Isidore Strauss was the New York. Uh, see, Levi Strauss was, was, uh, went out west, but he came from a family of very rich people. And then he met uh, Jacob Arizona. Jacob Davis is the one that came out with the copper studs that you see on all your Levi's products. So, and he's the one that actually made the pants. Levi Strauss just had the fabric from Denims, France. In other words, of Nimes. In other words, denim. That's where that comes from. How is a tour guide? You have to know these things. And the last one, George Dutton Wyden something. Widenin. They're missing one letter off some of these names. So John Jacob Astor, Benjamin Guggenheim, Isidore Strauss, and George Dutton Widener, I guess. Anyway, and then it says this even mentioned this is even mentioned in the movie Titanic in one scene uh, where, all, where there are a group of people arguing against the creation of the Federal Reserve. It's extremely short, a few seconds, but it's there. It should have been a lot longer. <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, for those behind the, the, the conspiracy, presumably the current stockholders of the Federal Reserve, <laughs> exactly, the Titanic sits in international waters, unregulated salvage operations can't proceed on the Titanic. What would they presume, presumably find? Well, here's what they might find they might find that the hull buckling in by an iceberg is actually buckling out from an explosive. Let me say that again. The hull, this is where Joe, this is where Josie should be calling us. She's big on, on, uh, on ongoing investigations that the hull buckling in an iceberg is actually buckling out from an explosive. Now that would make sense. This fact can't be hidden forever. And the media is starting to tease limited disclosures to the public to close this loophole. The internationalists are clamping down on visitation so that no unauthorized persons can visit the Titanic wreckage without a permit. Well, we can actually do a sonar, sonar graph, sonograph map of it. It's not hard to find out. The Navy could do that, but the Navy works for the Brandon Insurrection. So, you know. Then it says, so the fact that this sub- submarine dude was able to offer trips at all is a little suspect. The fact he was able to do it uh, with an uncertified experimental submarine controlled by a wireless game controller makes no sense. Let's see it. I was wondering how they controlled the ship. I was wondering how the ship was designed and built. I mean, that's kind of stuff coming up, but I get more important things right now, especially since it's already blown up uh, or imploded, as they say, as opposed to exploded. Difference between implosion and explosion. Explosion goes out, implosion goes in. Then it says the fact that he was able to do it with an uncertified experimental submarine controlled by a wireless game controller. So this guy's like flying a drone. <laughs> Just like, you know, he's turning his ship into a little drone. Says the additional fact that he specifically excluded hiring experienced pilots because they were, quote, 50-something white people, yet was still permitted. Oh, I'm a 50-something white person. Actually, I'm a 60-something white person. So he couldn't hire anybody who had experience because they were white. <laughs> That's funny. You know, died by, by uh, affirmative action. <laughs> you put that on a death certificate, death by affirmative action. All right. Then says, so what's going to happen? The people in the submarine are likely perished. Likely? No, I think they definitely died. 
She says, but I'm open to being wrong. I mean, you're not going to be wrong about that. But this event will be used as leverage to make the Titanic off limits by visitation by the citizens of the West so that the narrative of the Federal Reserve is preserved. Now, I think it's, I think they do a lot of bad things. I don't think, they, I think they killed Kennedy. I don't think they did this. I don't think these people were blown up because I don't think these people were, were powerful enough unless they were, in fact, billionaires. Let's find out. He says, oh, look at the Rothschild dynasty funded. Uh, he says, oh, look, the Rothschild dynasty funded this thing. What a surprise. Well, there we go. According to Be- Derek Bros, B-R-O-E-S, Bros, you are being misled about the submarine. They did not hear taps and attempts to rescue has resulted is catastrophic failure, implosion of two submersibles to rescue. Wait a minute. The media wants you tuned into the fake broadcast. The sub is gone, according to sources that have contacted me for Canadian, uh, for, for Canadian and U.S. Coast Guard insiders. And the language is a little bit off here. So the hull of the Titanic was one inch or 26 millimeters of steel. That puts it in the same league as an icebreaker ship whose hull ranges from 5 to 75 millimeters. So 26 millimeters is just over 25, obviously. So, yeah. So the hull of the Titanic was thick enough to be an icebreaker? And they said, <laughs> this is getting interesting. <laughs> okay. This is, I'll do a little bit more on this. This is regarding the new theory. If the submersible was intentionally sucked, sunk, hidden away, or even uh, never even launched at all, I'm not sure if Voorhees has the, the full picture. Theorizing that this would be the predicate for preventing future expeditions isn't realistic. Neither the nature nor location of the dive is being blamed for the tra- tragedy. So changing international law over what is being described as a single faulty submarine doesn't pass the smell test. But that doesn't mean there's no room for a conspiracy, or in other words, an ongoing investigation. And one stuck out to me based on a victim. Paul-Henri Nargiolet is known as Mr. Titanic. He's been, he's been to the ship 37 times and is widely regarded as the expert on the topic. So why would you kill him? What if he found something that could prove the ship was intentionally sunk? Before you dismiss this way out, as way out there, here are three facts to consider. You know, let's see if they talk about the, um, the coal fire that was going on inside. This is Nargiolet. N-A-R-G-E-O-L-E-T, had a bad experience with Ocean Gate before. Well, that's interesting. This wasn't Nargiolet's first time aboard the Ocean Gate vessel. The last time he went with them, he felt like he was going to die. So why'd you go back, idiot? Sorry. Nargiolet said his father had made his first trip to the wreck in 1987 on one trip in another vessel operated by U.S.-based oceanograph Ocean Gate Expeditions. He was told that he was not sure he would return safely, although he eventually did. So he got lucky once. Why'd you tempt fate again? Jeez. This is why would someone who had already been to the wreckage 36 previous times get into another Ocean Gate submersible after being concerned for his life the last time he went with them? Hmm, good question. What was so pressing? Did he know something new? Was he investigating something he wasn't supposed to know? Hmm, now that's a conspiracy theory. Nagiolet specialized in recovering vehicles with damage, damaged by explosives. Oh, well, that's interesting. Before becoming Mr. Titanic, Nagiolet specialized in mine clearance for the French Navy. Huh. Ah, interesting. So if he specializes in mine clearance, does he also specialize in mine detonation? Like, I don't know, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline? Just, just asking. He says he has traveled the world recovering submerged vessels and that have exploded. It would be hard to find anyone on the planet who is better qualified to examine the Titanic and recognize evidence of an explosion rather than an iceberg damage. Okay. Then it says Nargiolet was director of underwater research for the company that owns the rights to Titanic's remains. Hmm. Daily Mail says Nargiolet became the director of the underwater research for RMS Titanic, which owns the rights to the ship's remains. 
uh, and then has done more than 35 dives to the shipwreck. Huh. So many questions. This is, again reinforces that if there are true conspiracies surrounding the sinking of the Titanic, Najulay would be the one who had access to the information and skills to process it all. Did Paul Ari Nargile know something he wasn't supposed to know? Was he going to reveal something the powers that be didn't want revealed? As with so many things associated with the Titanic, we may never get real answers. Yeah, I don't think this, uh, this doesn't make sense to me. Because they can discredit these guys any number of other ways. So I'm not sure that that's the reason. That, uh, I, don't think that, I don't think they sunk the Titanic to sing people who were uh, not in favor of the Federal Reserve. <laughs> or, you know, nah, that doesn't make sense. But so what does make sense is that they had a coal fire going. They refused to put it out, and eventually with enough coal dust uh, in the uh, Titanic, it eventually caught fire and exploded. Okay. What's it now? 847. So you play something to take a little bit of a, a sizable break here. Yeah, it's too much of a break. So I've got this shorter for you. Mm-hmm. Got that, got that, got that. Oh, here's a new one. I haven't played this one for a bit. So, back in a bit. This is Greg Penkless for Action Radio with Founding Moments, insights into our founding documents, sponsored by Santa Rosa Volunteers here in Santa Rosa County, Florida. Santa Rosa Volunteers is available at their website, srv1776.com. That's srv1776.com. With July 4th coming up Sunday, I have to say something about the Declaration of Independence. Everyone knows the beginning words of the Declaration. We even have a founding moments on it. But the bulk of the Declaration consists of 27 grievances, some of which are just as applicable as a grievance today against our own federal government as they were against England when we were colonies. How could this happen? We have a constitution. But constitutions are only as valid as the oath people swear when they promise to support and defend the constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Let me highlight just a few of the grievances that are every bit as valid today as they were in 1776 and for exactly the same reasons. When the Declaration says, he, that's King George III. He, today, would be the entire federal government. He has refused his assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. Laws today are for special interests and more government power. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. The greatest danger we face is an out-of-control federal bureaucracy of endless officers, agencies, and departments. He has affected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. This is done today because Congress has delegated almost all their power to declare war to the President, something they have no power to do. He has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our Constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation. Today, that would be international law, international courts, treaties or agreements not ratified by the Senate, 
Climate Accords, the United Nations, and all their various agencies. For imposing taxes on us without our consent. Did you know that the income tax and the withholding of money from your paycheck used to be unconstitutional? All kinds of taxes, fees, and burdens are placed on us, many of which are hidden. For depriving us in many cases of the benefits of trial by jury. We have plea bargains, uninformed jurors, corruption, money, prosecutorial misconduct, administrative trials and judges, and a multitude of judicial actions that do not involve a jury of our peers. Juries are never of our peers, either. For taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of our governments. Today, that would be abandoning the Constitution and governing by whatever the leftist deep state wants. For suspending our own legislatures and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. This would be all the governors, mayors, public health officials, and Dr. Fauci himself taking over our government during a bogus pandemic of their making, stealing our rights, imposing illegal lockdowns and mask mandates not based on any science, and simply declaring whatever orders they wanted with no legislature or due process at all. It's still going on. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. This could happen if the government takes our guns, which is why I say, except for the military, we need to take their guns. He has excited domestic insurrections amongst us and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages, whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. Today, you can see how Black Lives Matter, Antifa, the FBI, and other rioting mercenaries of the deep state are being used to enforce Marxist theories like critical race theory and climate change, not to mention the false pandemic of COVID, which are all designed to create fear, depression, hopelessness, compliance, conformity, groupthink, and political correctness, all for the state. So just substitute Indians for all the groups in and out of government that are being used by government against us, and this problem is exactly the same. So the question is, what are your grievances, and what are you going to do about it? I created Action Radio so that we the people could write the laws we consent to be governed by and reverse the process where they, the government, order us to comply with their laws, orders, and decisions. This is Greg Penglis for Action Radio with Founding Moments, sponsored by Santa Rosa Volunteers. Their website is srv1776.com. That's srv1776.com. Please share this report to anyone who needs it. Yeah, Truth is Santa Rosa Volunteers is not currently supporting Action Radio, so just in the interest of full disclosure, I wish they would. Be nice to have him back, but uh, I don't want to give credit where it's not due. Uh, and so hopefully they, they were a great sponsor, and I was able to do some amazing works. I like playing the works, you know, because they did sponsor those. But uh, hopefully they'll come back and uh, help us out here. And as many sponsors will come back uh, so I can keep doing what, what I do 
Uh, of course, in many ways, you can support the show, too. Uh, we've got gizsengo.com slash action radio. Um, but I'd rather have people subscribing to my Substack. You know, get a paid subscription there, 5 bucks a month, 10 bucks a month, you know, something like that. Or uh, be a sponsor, be a corporate sponsor of the show uh, or a foundation sponsor or, you know, wealthy donor sponsor or any other sponsor. You can. We can make commercials for you. We can do all kinds of things. Uh, so I can do crazy things like this which is my um, Monty Python view, if they ever did a skit on racism. (laughs) So here we go. Hello, and welcome to Action Radio Presents, how Monty Python might react to a charge of racism. Imagine, if you will, two men approaching each other on a sidewalk. Hello. Hello. Step aside, please. No, I don't think so. You step aside. But I'm in a hurry. So am I. And my time is just as important as yours. No, it's not. Yes, it is. I'm sorry, but you're going to have to move first. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Well, then, you're a racist. I'm a what? You're a racist. I am not. You are, too. I'm not. Yes, you are. What makes you think you can just declare me a racist? You aren't the Queen of England. You can't just make declarations like that. Neither are you, but you are a racist. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Wait, you just can't accuse people like that. We have rights, traditions, Magna Carta, common law, evidence man, even for your opinion. We have standards of decency. No, we don't. Yes, we do. Not anymore. What? We have the new normal. We can now just make stuff up as we go. No, you can't. Yes, we can. There are rules to follow. New rules. New rules for new normal. That's loony. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it came from America, and everything they start ends up here anyway. Oh, that's true. But I'm still not moving. Yes, you are. You have to. No, I don't. Yes, you do. There are rules. Rules? Yes, I called you a racist, and now you have to take a knee. Take a knee? Are you mad? Nope. It will allow me to pass you by. You take a knee. I don't have to. Why not? I called you a racist first. Called me a racist first? So what? So you have to take a knee, apologize for your white privilege, and I'll be on my way. No, you won't. Yes, I will. Nope, I'm not taking a knee. That's only for marriage proposals and being knighted. Neither of which you qualify for, old boy. Yes, you are taking a knee. No, I'm not. Apologize for your white privilege. What? Apologize to you? You're white also. But most of the country is white. Are we going to get on our knees for you? Well, they do in America. No, they don't. Yes, they do. I've seen the videos. Videos, is it? You want me to live out some bizarre fantasy of yours by getting on my knee when I'm not bloody proposing marriage? You certainly aren't giving me a knighthood. We have traditions of individual rights going back almost a thousand years, and all you can say is take a knee. You're mad. No, I'm not. And you're a racist. Radio, dedicated to fixing everything. So I'm still hoping that uh, Candace, uh, Cowgirl Candace, will get have a chance to uh, join us for a little bit today. Not sure yet. Uh, I got a couple more articles I want to go through, and then then I'm done. So we'll know fairly soon uh, what's going on. She's got all kinds of stuff to uh, to do. Uh, I'll find out. I know she's been busy, so we'll see what uh, see what the story is. Anyway, uh, Todd Benzman, somebody that I've just discovered. Uh, when I was watching One American News, he has a, uh, a Twitter post um, about flying over this, this um, 
incredibly disgusting site, which is an illegal alien village, uh, where they're calling a no-go zone. You can't go there. It's all illegal aliens. Of course you can go there. In fact, that might be kind of fun. So let's, let's bring this, the, the American walkthrough. <laughs> we'll have like the American citizen walkthrough. I'm going to tell you, get out. Get the hell out. It's our country. You're illegal. Go away. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? And you can just see uh, National Public Radio reporting on it now. A series of white American racists today invaded a uh, illegal alien, excuse me, not illegal, excuse me, an American immigrant settlement here in the great state of Texas. And here's all the news that we think is fit to print. It's like the New York Times. All right, anyway. So Todd Bensman wrote an article May 1st, 2023 uh, from the Center for Immigration Studies. Now, this is some group, this is a group that I've been wanting to get on for a while because they're the only ones that properly define um, citizenship by the 14th Amendment. In other words, you, you're an American citizen if you're born to a, at least one American parent. That's what makes you an American citizen. It doesn't matter where you're born. So if you're, if you're an American uh, parent and you have a kid in Spain, that kid's American. <laughs> you know, um, unless, uh, unless you agree that it's going to be Spanish and, and you're living in Spain. I don't know how that works exactly. But as far as I know, the, that uh, you know, American parents create American kids. That's how it works. Um, legal immigrants, permanent residents, green card holders create American kids. But kids are not created American by virtue of being born on American dirt. It doesn't work that way. That's, that's geographic jurisdiction, and the 14th Amendment is citizenship jurisdiction. How many times have we explained that? Well, it would be nice to get a good, uh, 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 a good thing you know, to do that. Uh, so we shall see. We shall um, just write a little note to myself here. 14th Amendment. I want to ask some, uh, some various folks about that. There we go. So I'm writing some talking. All right. So the article by Todd Benzman, Todd Benzman, B-E-N-S-M-A-N, on May 1st, 2023, says, Texas massacre happened in America's largest illegal alien colonia. That's a word, this new word to me, colonia. And major U.S. media won't say so. Well, I'm not major U.S. media yet, but I will say so. He says, how at least 50,000 illegal, he says immigrants, I'll call them what they are, aliens, how at least 50,000 illegal aliens have changed once rural East Texas hinterlands for the worse. He says, this is from Austin, he writes this. He says, the Mexican national is on the run after slaughtering a family of five Hondurans next door, including an eight-year-old child in a small Texas town, uh, a two-hour drive east from here called Cleveland. Well, it's interesting. We have Cleveland, Ohio, but yeah. Uh, And I have friends in Texas. I'm going to kind of run this story by them and see what's going on. See, we knew about the Mexican that uh, killed the five people. What I didn't know is they were Honduran. And I don't even know if they're legal at this point. That's probably part of the story, too. This is American news media report. Uh, the murdered parents uh, had asked their next door neighbor to uh, report. The murdered parents had asked their neighbor, the next door neighbor, to stop firing his semi-automatic rifle at 11 p.m. On, our, on April 29th because they were trying to put a baby to sleep. Two other children survived under the bodies of their parents who died shielding them. Wow. But what no media has yet reported is that this horrific crime happened in what is regarded as America's largest settlement of illegal aliens one literally exploding in population amid U.S. government-fomented mass migration border crisis. In Liberty County, and now spreading into neighboring San Jacinto County, where the massacres occurred, old-timers have been fleeing a new diversity of violent crime, murder, all-night weapons firing, and cartel drug trafficking that has boomed alongside the population. In different U.S. immigration enforcement agencies, leave this area to itself. In other words, they've made it a no-go zone. Right? But think about that. We have, we, we have actual cities of illegal aliens you know, popping up, and the federal government is encouraging it. 
He says, my recently released book, Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History, dedicates a chapter of reporting to this massive illegal alien, Colonia, as a warning to America about the coming consequences of an unfettered mass migration event, now in its third unmitigated year, that has already seen more than 5 million foreign nationals settle in the U.S., towns and cities, following our, our edited excerpts from the chapter, Forever Impacts. That's interesting. The, the originals. This is the originals of Liberty County, Texas, the self-descriptor of lifelong Anglo residents like Jimmy Rollins, who traced their lineage to early settler families, have mostly fled what they regard as ruinous, irredeemable change. Settlement in the county wilderness some 40 miles northeast of Houston uh, dates back to the 1830s and 1840s. Remember the TV show High Chaparral? <laughs> the 1830s and 1840s uh, and boomed a bit when an oil field was discovered there in 1925. But still didn't uh, much change the cherished small town uh, closeness, long, lonely country lanes to uninterrupted timberlands, the hunting and fishing, subsistence lifestyle, and the tiny high school graduating classes. Until very recently, the loggers, uh, train mechanics, ranchers, and state prison workers made their homes in and around Liberty County's quaint old townships carved out of dense pine forests with names like Plum Grove, Cleveland, Dayton, and Splendora. They raised each other's barns and dug one another's wells. Hmm. Now 72, 72, excuse me, Jimmy Rollins was still farming near Dayton when I met him in May 2022. Just like his father, let's make this a little bit bigger here, here we go, brighter. Just like his father, who was born and lived until he was buried at age 95 in Plum Grove, Rollins recalled riding a horse every Sunday to church and to school as a kid. Barefoot until junior high, he was raised his, he was, and he raised his own family much the same way by farming and following a rural country code of life. Quote, it was all country people. We got, to, we got our meat out of them woods there. <laughs> they, they was behind in time, but everybody pretty much knew they was behind in time. That's interesting. But everyone pretty much knew everybody. And that's how, that's, I guess, how we're always talking. He says, I enjoyed living there. Hmm. Not anymore. A, van, a vast jumble of single and double wide trailers on low stilts, uh, hand hewn shacks made of leftover construction material and motorhomes has quickly overtaken tens of thousands of Liberty County acres and eradicated its rural way of life. The community is named Colony Ridge, upwards of 50,000 mostly Spanish speaking Latinos, maybe more, nobody knows, really are living on some 30,000 homestead lots they purchased in recent years over some 35 square miles from Houston, uh, Terrenos. Well, I'm not sure what that is. The land development company, Houston Terrenos. Well, I guess that's Spanish for land. The land development company started by an original named William Henry Trey and his brother, John Harris, a decade earlier. Huh. 37, 35 square miles. Okay, interesting. The boom began without, without let up about a decade ago when Houston Terrenos uh, or Spanish language media platform, oh, on Spanish language media platforms with international reach began marketing lot purchases with its unique owner-to-owner method that didn't require traditional bank loans, proven job history, or social security numbers. Well, it's interesting. That's one of the things that we have for our legal alien removal plan uh, in asset forfeiture and uh, citizen declaration is you can't buy a house, you can't buy property, you can't do anything without uh, citizenship ID. And one of the uh, requirements is you have to have a social security number, amongst other things. Or at least we, we you know, use that. Anyway, it's not, it's not the only source of identification because they're easily taken and, and forged. Anyway, it says a significant portion of the new population has bought Terrenos lots are illegally present, according to the settlers themselves. 
local police, school officials, teachers, and other residents. In 2020, uh, analyst Chuck DeVore of the Austin-based Texas Policy Public Policy Foundation, think tank dubbed Colony Ridge the fastest-growing Hispanic population in the United States and one of the fastest-growing school districts, which is impossible if we, did, if we, you know, if we got rid of Plyler v. Doe, that would be impossible to have school districts of illegal aliens because who's going to pay for it? You know, American citizens aren't. Anyway, it says DeVore figured the, well, that makes it even more immediate, Plyler v. Doe. And we did a whole show on that. I'll have to probably... Uh, Tyler Vito. I got to talk to uh, Matt Gates about that. Hopefully, I'm still going to try and get him back on the show here. Anyway, this is divorce figure. The population of these communities is projected to reach as high as a quarter million people, a significant percentage not legally present in the county. Oh, in the country, excuse me. Liberty County and its booming Colony Ridge development make for an apartment, make for an apt emblematic harbinger of the kind of change that sudden explosive growth in illegal alien populations can portend for citizens and residents already living in receiving communities as a result of the Biden border crisis. Well, it's not a Biden border crisis. There's no crisis. This is planned. This is planned. This is the, this is the Brandon scheduled invasion. That goes on the quality of life in Liberty, Liberty County, uh, a frightening diversity of crime, uh, Mexican cartels in town, a lot more information. You can find that out for yourself. But I'll go over that. We're going to go over that next week. Uh, Michael Volpe is going to join us. Um, and he's got a pretty fascinating article that he wrote back in 2021 on the same thing. And so Michael, who normally does family law cases and things like that, uh, I'm invited to come on to talk about this. So I'll probably cover this article. Eh, I think I'm done. Uh, it's Friday. I don't mind getting out early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Marco's still there. I'm going to wish Marco a happy weekend while I'm here. Just to make sure to get that in there before I get out of here. Yeah, like I say, it's been a long week, you know, and uh, I get inspired by calls. Calls calls make the show. This. If, you want, if you want to keep going, it's just simply calling. It's the best way to do that. All right. Last article. An alien haven in southeast Texas. A politically connected real estate firm seems to be tied to a local boom of undocumented immigrants. Well, those Michael Volkerberts. I call them illegal aliens because that's the correct term. Interesting article. And this is uh, Michael Volpe, January 21st, 2021. So this is about a little over two years ago, almost two and a half years ago. He's, so this has been going on for a while, but it's, it's much worse now. So they must have known about this community ahead of time that the illegals could flood here. This is about 50 miles northeast of Houston. It's headquartered a land development company called Colony Ridge. So it's, a, it's not an area. It's a company. Colony Ridge is a company. So according to the, Liber- to the Liberty County Sheriff's Office, Colony Ridge has about 22,000 residents. And evidence suggests it serves as a sort of landing ground for people who have entered the country illegally. And stayed, apparently. <laughs> That's my words. Then he says, Colony Ridge is owned by the Harris family, which rejects the notion that their development is catered to illegal aliens. Brent Lane, the attorney representing Colony Ridge, said in an email, was interesting, Colony Ridge has nothing in its advertisements that targets a person without legal status to be in the United States. Well, that's code language. What do you mean without legal status? That's code language right there. You mean illegal alien? Well, say so. But they don't because that's not how they work, right? It says Colony Ridge does have a large percentage of Latinos living and buying property in their subdivision. Colony Ridge is a for-profit company and seeks to maximize shareholder wealth, which is the stated duty for all uh, for-profit companies. It is true that the Houston area has a large, a large, huge shortage of affordable housing. 
Oh, that's the problem. So, well, the, the, in other words, if there's a shortage of housing, why would you you want to get illegal aliens out? So Americans have more choice in housing, <laughs> lowering demand, you know, and uh, lowering prices. Anyway, that's how you do it. So you lower demand to lower prices. So in other words, you get rid of the illegals, the housing prices will drop. Why? Because there's less competition for them. And they can't be here anyway, so no big deal. Then it says, it is true that the Houston area has a huge shortage of affordable housing. Colony Ridge has found Latino community. Is, oh, Colony Ridge has found the Latino community is underserved in regard to affordable housing. Well, if they're illegal, then they don't get service anyway. They can't be here. So that's, that's, that sort of shoots that theory down. Because so, the whole town is based on illegals. So it's not the, this isn't the Latino community. This is the illegal alien community. Now, whether they're Latino or not really doesn't matter. What matters is whether they're legal or illegal, right? Plenty of legal Latinos here. Josie, for one. Anyway, so the company does, not, does use Spanish language ads as part of its marketing efforts. No kidding. But there's nothing in those ad advertisements that targets a person without legal status. Oh, how do they all know? <laughs> how do all these legal aliens know to come to this place? I mean, that's, that's, that's how you know it's a coordinated effort, right? This is Trey Harris, the owner and public face of Colony Ridge, concurred, saying in an email that, quote, most Colony Ridge customers are born in Texas and U.S. citizens. I think that's a lie. This is, however, Maria Acevedo, who owns property inside Colony Ridge, claims that as many as 75% of the residents are in the country illegally. So they're so open about it. This is so crazy. They're so brazen about it, so open about it. It's like, yeah, we're in here illegally. We don't care. What are you going to do about it? Too many of us now. It's our country. Well, no. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's not. It's the country of our legal citizens, not you guys. This is Leanne Walker is the former mayor of Plum Grove, Texas, a town of fewer than 100,000 citizens that borders Colony Ridge properties. She was less delicate. She says, you know how I know they are illegal. You know how I know they are illegal? Because they're looking over the steering wheel. They drive 35 in a 55, and they don't speak English. I'm not sure that's the case. But uh, that's her view of it. Nah, I don't agree. But that's okay. Just an opinion. Then she says, some definitely are, even according to Lane. Colony Ridge does not control who lives in its subdivisions. Well, obviously. I assume that there are some people who live in Colony Ridge developments that do not have legal documentation to be in the United States. Well, that means you can't, you can't rent them or sell to them either. You can't rent or sell to people that can't legally be here to own property in the United States. That's just absurd. Then it says, however, a large percentage of the Houston area population uh, areas populated with individuals that do not have legal status to be in the United States. That's impossible too. Because if you can't legally be here, you can't buy property here. You can't exist here. You can't have a job here. You're not here. Legally, you're not here. If you're in the country illegally, you're not, you know, legally you have no status. You have no rights. You have no constitution. You have nothing because you're here illegally. You can't be here. If you were where you were legal, you'd have rights. If you don't have rights in a place you're not allowed to be in, that's irrational. Anyway, says the problem is much larger than Colony Ridge. I'm sure it is. This is the whole affair is being investigated by a longtime investigative reporter, Wayne Dolcefino. Hey, Wayne. Dolcefino. I make you a deal you can always use. All right, here we go. According to Dolcefino, Colony Ridge providers provides home loans that can be executed without the usual documentation, which cater to illegal aliens. The deals are financed with rates as high as 13%. The average mortgage interest rate in Texas is closer to 4%. Land acknowledged this, but disputed that the practice was predatory. Well, no, because the cartels are paying the difference. <laughs> That's why. Got Pianca in the line here. Uh, let me take him now. I think this pretty much, uh, we're going to go over this with Michael next week anyway. 
So have you ever heard of this place, uh, Pianchi, Colony Ridge in uh, Liberty County, Texas? No, I've never heard of it before. How do you explain? Yeah, I found it just this morning. I mean, Michael Volpe apparently wrote about it two years ago. Yeah, I wish he told me. <laughs> you know, we're uh, talking about family law stuff, but uh, we're going we're to cover this next week. Yeah, there's a, there's a big uh, tweet about it, too, from uh, Benson. What's his name? Hang on. Let the article back again here. Uh, oh, that's Michael's article. It's the other one here. So you can go to my Twitter page, but Todd uh, Bensman, B-E-N-S-M-A-N, go to his Twitter, and he's got uh, he's flying an airplane. Uh, it's got to be a Cessna. It's a highway. Uh, flying an airplane over this area, and he, he videos the whole thing, and it's massive, and it's got some 50,000 illegal aliens living there. It's a, it's a no-go zone. You know, the, the police don't even go there. And it's a totally self-supporting illegal alien well, Why come the police thinking, don't go there? I don't know. Probably because there aren't enough of them, and the illegals don't care because they know they're protected by the federal government. Well, here's the thing. If, uh, uh-huh. Did you hear about the IRS going to a gun dealer and uh, demanding record? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was completely illegal. Yeah, Gun Owners of America is looking into it. So folks that don't know, there's a Montana gun store, um, and the, uh, the IRS went and raided it because now they have 87,000 new stooges, you know, a new infantry uh, in their IRS uh, bureaucrat army. And so they walked in this gun store in Montana. They're looking for militia groups because one of the most famous militia groups is the militia of Montana. I know because I looked into them several years ago. I used to communicate with them. I'd like to get them on the show. That'd be, actually, that'd be a good thing for next week. Militia of Montana. Let's see if I can find them again. They're usually suspicious well, what of would people. What they look at? They seized they they records uh-huh. from yep. the... So first of all, the IRS doesn't have jurisdiction unless – well, the, the, uh, the, the pretense, the false pretense was, well, we don't think they're paying their taxes. Well, you can check that on a computer. You can, ha- you can audit them. You can have them come in. That's what the IRS normally does. The only time the IRS shows up is for, uh, for raids, that, for seizing property uh, under force of arms, you know, that uh, maybe criminal property or other things. That's when they do it. But they don't just show up to a gun store. To check records Criminal with party. 20 IRS SWAT people. I mean, come on, that's crazy. But the worst part, the worst part about this is that they took the 4473 forms, which are the forms that every gun owner fills out. See, those forms should be illegal. Maybe we should get those all destroyed. I don't have to look into that. But what they do is declare things that they pretty much already know with the background check. You know, it registers your gun, register, and it says, and this is what Hunter Biden was guilty of. When one of the questions is, are you... Uh, under the influence of illegal drugs, or do you use illegal drugs? And of course, he said no, and that was a felony because he's a crackhead. So that was a problem. But he got well, off that especially, charge. Uh, if they go in and seize these forms, forms from the gun dealers, mm-hmm. why don't the RS go to the banks and get a list of all the people that's doing business there with I-10 numbers? Well, see, they want to do that because they know those are illegal. That's our bill. That's our bill that, uh, that says, uh, well, not our bill, but it's our plan. Uh, it's part of my, uh, my Substack article, how to remove, you know, 30 million illegal aliens without firing a shot, or my illegal alien plan. I've got two articles on it. Anyway, it basically amounts to the same thing, that the IRS and if you under a – get all the I-10 you can, find out, you can yeah. find out where these people live, and you can go uh, seize their property. Yeah, but you can do it by computer. See, that's the thing. So this, is, this is why this is such a, uh, I think, an uh, easy thing to implement. So a Trump administration can go to the, you know, a Trump IRS commissioner. You, first of all, you've got to fire all the, uh, the previous 
managers and, and uh, elected stooges that won't do this. So you fire all the apparatchiks. So you were the apparatchiks from the previous administrations, and you get really good IRS people in there. And then they go in the computers, and they find out who the, all the ITIN people are, uh, assuming they haven't all been you know, scrubbed from the computers, but they can be found again. Anyway, so you go in, and you basically seize all their assets by computer. Take their house, their car, their business, their bank accounts, their credit cards, everything. Just take it. You know, I mean, the yeah, IRS can do that. Find out where, you have to find out <clears throat> where the bank accounts are. Well, so if they pay taxes, uh, then that information is going to be available. See, illegal aliens can pay taxes. We've talked about that. See, the ITIN number is the illegal alien tax identification number. That's not what it stands for, but that's what we call it. So they're all illegals. Well, if they get paid, they necessarily they use ITIN numbers to get bank loans and mortgages. They they don't use them to pay no taxes with because they're not getting paid with cash. They get paid with cash. Yeah, but if they but do a refund, those ITN numbers can give the information of where they are, so you can seize their property. Exactly. So the ITIN number to get one, you have to provide certain information. But also, you know how you can find it through the refunds because most people they don't put their bank accounts on their um, on their form on their IRS the 1040 form unless they're getting a refund. That's the only place you put your bank account, and you've got the bank number, you got the routing number, and your account number. So they can direct us to the check. Well, that has the opposite effect of giving the IRS your bank account number in case they want to take stuff out again. People think of it as convenience. It's convenience for the IRS, too, because it works both ways. They can put your refund in there by direct deposit, or they can see stuff out of it because you've already given them your, your routing number and your uh, account number to get your refund faster. Right? I don't know. <laughs> okay, I do. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, why wouldn't they use the information that you give them voluntarily, they say. But the ITIN number, because people have to register to get it, there's certain information on that. It wouldn't be that hard to find out you know, who the illegals are. But they could, the, 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 so this, is well, the place yeah, where, this is the place where you could do a sweep. Yeah, but the federal, the federal government don't want to do it. And they well, probably this federal government. Get it this federal government. Uh, Freedom of Information yeah. Act. But the, the thing is, is that, uh, mm-hmm. and it's only 37,000 IRS new agents. The other 50,000 are retired. So they would have had them anyway. Well, it doesn't matter. But the thing is, they need to go to ICE. They need to be detailed over to ICE, as do all the federally armed agents. They need to go over to ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement. And see, I don't see this as a problem. I actually see this as an advantage that all the illegals are in one place. It's going to make it easier to deport them because they're all in one place. So you shut, as I was mentioning earlier, you shut off the power, you shut off the water, you shut off the lights, you shut off the gas, you know, and say so you you know, and then or you tell the legal citizens to get out fast, you know, and the illegals, hey, you know, you're gonna lose all your stuff. It would be up to the state. It would be up to the state to implement that first. Um, yeah, they could. It happened in Houston. If the IRS came to your house. In any other place, you wouldn't answer the door. So they're not going to go in the next. That's up to the state to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, if the IRS brings state enforcement, law enforcement with them, which they might do, I'm not sure how that works. I mean, how do they do house speeches? They use lock your house so you can't get into it. They put like an IRS padlock on. Say, yep, you're done. Or they'll lock up your factory or your business or whatever it is that you own that they're seizing. So it's not that they physically take it. They just don't let you into it. <laughs> you know, so they, they block you from going in. I've watched movies. I've seen how they do that. That would be uh, that would be initiation by probably a federal court, I guess. But the I'm not state sure. has the power well, to do it. 
the state has the power to do all that. But what's interesting is that during the Waco mass murders by the government, by the Clinton administration, nobody was ever judged for that. No one was ever brought to trial. No one, you know, so the government apparently can just walk in and, and assassinate the entire community. So why can't the government evict an entire community of illegal aliens, which is a far less severe uh, thing and is actually a legal action? So there's no reason why the government can't go in and remove these people. The federal government can't go in. If the federal government could go into Waco, Texas, and kill a bunch of people. You know, why can't the federal government go into Liberty County, Texas, and remove all these folks in Colony Ridge? <clears throat> Except for the, the, the American citizens. So you identify them first. And so you know who the Americans and who the, the illegals are, and you just take out the illegals. Take away their stuff. Take away their house, their property, credit cards, bank accounts, everything. And then once the word spreads in the illegal alien community, the government is seizing stuff through the ITIN number. Then uh, if they want to keep their stuff, they'll leave too. You see massive waves of, of illegals crossing the border out of here with their stuff. That's how you do it. What do you think? Oh, I think Piac is distracted. They got a website. Who does? Colony Ridge. Oh. That's interesting. Let's uh let me take another window here. So what's what's the uh where do I find it? It's colonyridge.com. dot com. Let's take a look. Let's see what you found. Payment videos, uh, how to make payments. Oh, we are owner finance, Colony Ridge Land, LLC. Payment options about your property, find property for sale, Colony Ridge. Uh, to, to find property. So we know this is illegal aliens. Oh, say habla espanol. Oh, what a surprise. There's not much on this website. It's kind of sparse. This is we can help. Find the right property for you, Colony Ridge Development, LLC, has residential subdivisions with half-acre residential lots and other properties available in many areas. Sales representatives are readily available to speak with you for more information. Visit Tedanos Houston. Yeah, that's the guy. That's the company. Uh, by accessing the, link, accessing the link below. Where's the link below? I don't see the link below. What did you do with oh, Tedanos Houston. Oh, I see it. Wait a minute. Hang on. Let's see, Terranos Houston. Oh, it's all in Spanish. <laughs> uh, little tour. Let's see what we got here. Inicio. Let's see what the website says. Inicio doesn't say anything. Oh, here comes Inicio. Wait a minute. Terranos en venta. Compra tu terreno. Deje de pagar renta y conviertase el dueño. Ternos con agua, luz y drenaje. Facil financiamiento. This is what I'm reading from the website. Financiamiento dueño e dueño. Bajo en ganche y pagos cómodos. Todos aplican. No checamos crédito. No credit check. <laughs> Zonas comerciales. Salida al freeway. Cese de errores. Areas comerciales, shopping centers, y restaurants. Hmm. 
Listo para morbos, moverse. Traiga su casa, móvil o construya. Si propio hogar y el en el mismo día, venga y haga su carne asada. Carne asada? That's, the, that's meat. That's dinner. What is this thing? So, yeah, come here for the food, the, the free benefits, the, uh, the no credit check. What else is this? I got to I gotta send this to Josie. <laughs> Josie, what the hell is this? <laughs> this is funny. Don't mind me. What do you think, Piaki? Hey, you can register to vote. Why does it say register to vote? Don't have to say. You got an address, don't they? Yeah, that's true. Well, of course, these people can't register. They're illegal. So we'll see what Texas does about that. I got friends in Texas. I'll send this to them. Obviously, I'll be doing this next week a whole lot. (laughs) This is funny. Now, it's interesting that the website, the initial website, doesn't have a whole lot. Okay, so, so let me go back to the original website, all right? So the original website, Colony Ridge, is very sparse. There's nothing on it. There's no pictures. There's no graphics. There's nothing. A little bit of a, of a sunset picture. You got YouTube telling you how to go about doing, making a payment instructions. Yeah, this is fascinating. Uh, all right, so, so uh, but the English part of it, the part the Americans would read, is pretty sparse. There's not a lot there. So there's nothing to uh, pay online. We've got subdivisions. They have their own payment method other than PayPal. Oh, isn't that interesting? They've got one, two, three. They've got six subdivisions. Payment options. Let me see what it says in the payment options. Make an online payment. You can use Zigo. Is that their own thing? Pay near me is the only thing. Huh. But the thing is that the English part of this isn't that exciting. Right? But then you get to find property for sale, and you click where it says Torrenos, Houston. So you click the agent, and now all of a sudden the graphics get great. Of course, everything's in Spanish, right? So they got great graphics. they got great pictures. they got the YouTubes you talked about. I mean, this is, this is pretty. Look at this thing load up. Yep, there it is. You got the aerial shot, the YouTube, beautiful community, new highways, new stores, and things going in. Oh, they even have reviews. Clientes satisfechos, satisfied clients, all with five stars. We got the nice Hispanic lady giving a thumbs up. <laughs> we got the happy Hispanic families and their Hispanic kids. This is a great website. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Josie's got to see this. This is bad. All right, I'm going to go back and uh, not load up my my website with all that extra stuff. Okay. This is really bad because they're so brazen. They're not even doing this underground. I thought maybe they were kind of hiding. They're not. They're right out in the open. They're completely out in the open Say, in it, with a Spanish website. You know, dedicate to illegals. Come on in here or live here. That's crazy. Pianchi, that's crazy. Huh. Okay, we're going to explore this more next week. <laughs> um, I'm kind of done. I don't have anything really else. And Candace is supposed to join us this hour, and she's busy, obviously. So, uh, have any other issues that are pressing this week for you, Pianchi? No, not really. Okay. Marco's leaving too. 
Oh, the duck joined us for a thumbs up. That's cool. Thanks, duck. Appreciate that. All right, so let me let me shut down early. I'm gonna take an early weekend. <laughs> Besides, I'm hungry and tired. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff to do for next week. So next week I'll be exploring this more. I'm gonna find out about this Colony Ridge. I'm gonna look into it. I'll see if I can get Todd Benson on. Uh, see if he's. Uh, I'm sure he's seen the websites. But we need him for at least an hour to talk about this. And I'll get to, uh, get in the information to Josie. I want to see what she actually she'll be on right before Michael, so she can report on it too. So that might work out really well for Tuesday. Tuesday is going to be illegal alien real estate U.S. you know U.S. Uh, illegal alien real estate day <laughs> or something like that. We're also coming up on our July 4th uh, show too where I'm going to be reading the Declaration of Independence so I'll have to put a notice out on that uh, as well. All right, sir. Um, let's do it next week then. I've had enough for, for today. All right. Talk to you later. Okay, sounds good. All right. So yeah, I'm shutting down a little bit early because, because I've covered what I want to cover. And again, this show is really driven by reporters uh, and callers. And once we've settled everything, I think we've covered a lot today. So let's go with that. Um, what am I going to say? All right. Anyway, so let me give you the website then. So the main website here, right? Your, excuse me. The, the main website, getting a little punchy today. The, the, the main show site is blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. And so you want to uh, uh, share that as much as possible so people get to hear our shows. Past shows, you can look them up. You've got a little search window. You can look up, just put action radio, comma, you know, put the guests that you're looking for on the topic. You'll get all kinds of shows. So that works at blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. Uh, our legislative website is writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. And for the laws we're actually sending out to government and media, click on legislation on the menu bar and then click down to all proposed laws. And just start at the beginning of the website if you want to write a bill and you want to just learn how the process works. The website is very self-explanatory. Contributions can go to givesendgo.com. That's givesendgo.com slash action radio. And, of course, our Substack is gregpenglis.substack.com. And I'm looking for, uh, if you want to help us out, paid subscriptions there, $5 a month, $10 a month, whatever works. Uh, everything helps. Um, and our final one, uh, let me see, my email. Public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com. So I played everything else I can play. So let's just go with our traditional Friday closing music. And I will see you all Monday morning at uh, 7 a.m. Central Time. Another exciting week, another exciting show. Lots of stuff to do. And we'll see you then when we do it all again. (laughs) 